Good evening, folks, and a hearty welcome to our drive-in theater. We have a wonderful evening's entertainment lined up for you, one that will provide several hours of pleasurable relaxation and diversion for you and your family. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dead City Drive-In, the only podcast to 86, 86 movies from 1986. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And we are the heads of programming in this here Dead City. And in this episode, decreed by the higher-ups, our bosses, the drive-in gods, we have been tasked once again to program a specially themed double bill for the ravenous hordes of mutants and madmen outside our projection room door. Except for this episode. Okay, so we're going to make a list of, uh, of our 20 favorite movies each of 1986. And then um, we'll meet back here, uh, and then we'll each go down our respective list. And Chris, if we have a, both have like a matching movie, uh-huh. then it gets programmed. Uh-huh. All of that will culminate in our top film of the year. Uh-huh. <laughs> but before we do that, why don't we do a little bit of business first? Uh, if you're lonely... Like we're going to be during the seasonal closure, you can email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail dot com. Of course, you can find us at deadcitydrivein dot com, Facebook and Instagram at deadcitydrivein. We're everywhere your favorite podcasts lurk, obviously. But what would be really great, the best thing ever, would be if you would uh, rate and review our little show on Apple Podcasts, please. Please, Please, sir, review our show, sir. Please, because believe it or not, your ratings are like good old-fashioned word of mouth, and it actually gets people noticing the show, which, of course, helps keep the drive-in doors open long enough for another season. Thank you so much. Okay, so why don't we go ahead and make our list? We'll take a quick little break, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll come back. Yeah! Um... Holy shit. Okay, so 1986, this was fucking really difficult. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I thought 1985 was hard. 1986, seriously, was almost a geometrically more difficult year to uh, pare down than 1985 ever was. Uh, what was going on in 1986? Do you know some of these things? Can I, can I give you a couple of stats? Oh, you happening? got some stats? Yeah. yeah. Tell me. Come All on. right. Okay, so here's what was going on in 1986. Um Voyager 2 it had its first encounter with Uranus. Uh, Is that why it itches and burns? I guess so. Uh, you had to go there. Mommy, Daddy, I- <laughs> the unmanned spacecraft touched me in my no-no area. What? Well, I never... Well, to be fair, it's it's good for space exploration, yes, honey. Yes. Keep your mouth shut. Yes. Um, it's going into the black hole. Or the brown hole. <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of disasters, <laughs> there was also, well, in 86, the Challenger oh, disaster. Well, yeah, there was that. And didn't Chernobyl happen in 86 as well? Did it? Was it 86 or I didn't write that down. I don't know. I feel like that was 85. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you guys, go check yeah. our 1985 episode and let us know. <laughs> I'm getting fucking old and I can't remember everything. Uh, the Mir space station launched. 
Neil? Uh, Captain Midnight interrupted HBO's satellite feed. Ah, do you remember that shit? Yes, I do. Yes. Um, and that guy never lived it down for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. And he was always like, I wish I had never done it. I wish I had never done it. And if I had, I wish I had done something a little more clever. Um, Pirating fucking signals. Crazy. Yeah. It's only happened a few times. It has. I think like three times. Yeah. We. In... Oh, that's right. Because we watched that movie Broadcast Signal Intrusion. Yeah. And that got us talking about... How many times has this actually happened? Well, it happened in 1986 first. Yep. Um, oh, Phantom of the Opera opened in London, starring Michael Crawford. Nighttime darkens, sharpens each sensation. I can't help it. All the masturbation. Coming in your face, now we're coming in the gym. Coming everywhere. Music of the night, ladies and gentlemen. That's, yeah, okay, so anyhow. Uh, let's, let's, look, what else happened in 1986? Uh, <laughs> um, other disasters. Uh, oh, the first commercially available 3D printer is sold. Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, Blast from the past. Green Day was formed as a band called Sweet Children. Ooh. Um, basically, though, other than that, lots and lots of death and disasters... Uh, when I was looking up things that happened in 86, it was literally one murder, assassination, explosion, disaster after another that I... Uh, Didn't We Are the World come out in 86? I don't know. I stopped. That would count as a disaster as oh, far as okay. I'm concerned. I stopped and I realized that it was a very depressing year. Not too much unlike the current year that we're in. No. <laughs> Something It has come full circle. <laughs> Um, all right, but now I want you to guess where I, the top films of 1986. Not guess. I'm going to just tell you. I don't know why I said guess. I'm going to tell you. Oh, you can guess the number one. Okay? Okay. Uh, number 10 mm-hmm. was Down and Out in Beverly Hills. Okay. Yep. Uh, Which was a remake of a... Wasn't that a French film? Sounds like a, it would be a remake of a French film. Yeah. That was a, a real thing to do in the 80s, wasn't it? Um, it was... Uh, who, Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus and... Was Shelley Duvall in that? Yeah, right? Yeah, Shelley Duvall. Or wait, is she in True no, Beverly Hills? No, I'm thinking Hills? of True Beverly Hills. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I get those two movies mixed up, actually. But, uh, Nick Nolte was was in that movie. Oh, yeah, that's right. Eating dog food. Yeah, that time I ate dog food uh, while I was double teaming Julie Christie. <laughs> it was a great <laughs> night for me. All right. Uh, Ricky won the Oscar and we did a bunch of cocaine off his boner. It was a weird night. Anyway, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, number nine was Ferris Bueller. Okay. Stay off. Uh, number eight was Ruthless People. Okay. The the movie of which they expected to be a really big hit. Uh, well, that was, that was a Zucker Abrams Zucker movie, wasn't it? Was it? They were the yes. directors on that, yeah. Oof. And that was Danny DeVito and Bette Midler. And, of course, that Stone song. And that was Bill Pullman's first movie. His first, huh? Ruthless People was his uh, his film debut. Hmm. Do you remember um, the, the Stone song, obviously, Ruthless People, but do you remember Weird Al's parody? No. Toothless people. Oh, God. No. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, number seven was uh, The Color Purple. Okay. Number six, uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. Number five. That's the one with the whales. Yes, it is, in case you were unsure. That is definitely. Okay. Uh, number five. Directed by Leonard Nimoy, by the way. Is that his directorial debut? Uh, or did no, he, he do did three? three? He did three. But I think it was his most successful Star Trek movie. And he never directed again. Another Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, number five, highest grossing films of 86 was Aliens. Yeah. Number four, 
but what a time. Top Gun? No. Back to School. Oh, It was the fourth yes! highest grossing there film in 1986. Go. Rodney Dangerfield with a live performance. Well, a semi-live performance from Oingo Boingo. That's right. Um, and, of course, Keith Gordon. Yeah. Who, Dr- who we love. became a director. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. I am a man who will fight for your honor. Yeah, anyway. Did you ever hear the Weird Al parody of that song? No. Uh, there is one. Okay. I'm just curious if um, you would make one up. Number two is Crocodile Dundee, mm-hmm. the movie where uh, it's a- he sexually assaults someone <laughs> as an Australian greeting. Yeah. <laughs> yes, in... in- <laughs> Ooh, it's amazing yeah. how it reflects our, our current times, isn't it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I'm not going to say anything at all. And then number one, guess what the number one film of 1986 was? Top Gun. Yes. Yes. And I think as of right now, that's the highest grossing film of the year here as well. Yes, Top Gun Maverick is, uh, I think, with a top 900 million. Yeah, it's almost at 1 billion. That's fucking crazy. I I never in a million years thought that that would be a hit. And I heard that it was a very, very... I haven't seen it yet. I, I need to see it because I, I, saw, I saw the original in 1986 in the theater, which wow. was end of summer. Um, I saw it probably two or three times. Really? Yeah. Can, I, can I make a, um, an admission? Sure. You've never seen the movie? I've never seen it. Really? Never. I know of it, Yeah, but I've never physically I sat can, down I to can, watch the I movie. I can quote that movie. Wow. Well, I come from a, a family of military pilots. I mean, they're not swabos, naval aviators. No, they're like they're real pilots. Um, my from, uncle was from too. The Air Force. So was my uncle. Air Force. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. He f- flew jets, fighter pilots. Did he fly jets or did he fly fighter pilots? He flew fighter. He drove fighter pilots to their jets. Yeah. In a golf cart. Did said, he said did goodbye? He, did, he, did he suck start the? Uh, <laughs> Here, let me take uh, that pedo tube that you got there, and uh, we'll see how fast you can go. But anyway. <clears throat> okay, so 1986 was a, a pretty fascinating year, a pretty diverse group of films, uh, the top ten, and I actually think that, that kind of fits what, I don't know about your list, but I've got to think a pretty decently diverse list of, of movies here that, well, <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yep. I guess we'll see. Um. So, oh, I'm excited. Yeah, I am too. Okay. Actually. Uh, you uh, do you want to go first or should I go? No, first? you go first. Okay. This time. <laughs> so my first. Okay. All right. My first pick of top films of 1986 is going to be. You know what? I'm going to get this one out of the way. Okay. Um, because my top pick of 1985 mm-hmm. was a little film called Demons, and making it to my favorite films of 1986 is its very quickly produced sequel demons, demons 2 um yeah is that is that on your it's list it's not on my list okay no. well demons 2 we hardly knew you yeah. uh i just rewatched that movie very recently as i do often and uh i know we can't really talk about the movies a whole lot yeah. when if we don't have them but i will say the last like 20 25 minutes of that movie are like a demon screeching like at a really high pitch decibel level, and uh, it made it a very <laughs> tough experience for me. I was like at a headache. It was not good. Um, all right, Demons Two did not make it. Demon. Let me. Uh, um, Demon Dewey. Okay. Uh, all right. That, that's how you say it, right? Demon Dewey. Uh, that is correct. Yes. All right. I speak Italian. You're up. All right. So uh, my pick from 1986, which uh, did get remade later on with another piece of inspired casting for the bad guy. Um, this time, you know, in, in the remake, they used 
Sean Bean. But in the original film, it was the late, great Rutger Hauer tormenting a very, very young C. Thomas Howell, the Hitcher. That's on my list. Yes. Now, I will say this is the one that I have seen probably the furthest away. Like, it's been a while since I've yeah, seen Yeah, I haven't Hitcher. watched it in a long time, too. I wanted to rewatch it, and it bar- it almost didn't make my list until I realized I was thinking about it. I'm like... This is a great drive-in movie. Oh, absolutely. It feels so dirty. Like, you're watching it, and it has these long stretches where if you're up for it, you can go get some food, get some popcorn or whatever, or make out with the person that you're with, you know, whatever you want to do. Mm -hmm. And then every once in a while, you get to look up and see, like, a finger and a French fry or (laughs) a person get, you know... Pulled apart by a couple of trucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which really, I mean, that's that's spectacular. It's a great movie. Uh, So, er didn't Eric... Eric Red did that. Yeah, Yeah, he wrote it, or did he direct it, too? I think he directed it, dude. Did he direct it too? Yeah, I know almost... that he wrote it. I know that he wrote it. And he was coming off of, at this point, I guess he was... Uh, uh, no, this no, predates Near Dark. You're right. Yeah, because Near Dark, Near Dark was, was 87. So he... Yeah, okay, so he wrote This is directed... probably what put him on the scene. Yeah, I guess so. Damn. That's a hell of a way to start. Yeah. Um. Yeah, oh, The Hitcher it's, is great. It's a scary fucking movie. And am I right? Is it Tangerine Dream score? Yes. Ugh. Or, or am I thinking no, wait, of Near no, Dark? No, again? Near Dark's Tangerine's Dream. Yeah, sorry. see, they're very like intermingled for me. I feel well, like the that's tone, a great double the feature. lighting, and everything. The fact that they take place kind of out west on abandoned roads and everything. The the aesthetic of both movies is very, very similar. I found it really interesting that for the second movie in a row, C. Thomas Howell for some reason found it necessary to do the whole film in blackface. Oh. Why did he do that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, that other movie didn't. Uh, <laughs> Didn't make the list. No. But it came out the same year. <laughs> it did come out in didn't it? Yeah, Soul Man did. Yep. Oh, my God. Um, and, you know, as a kid, I used to watch that movie over and over and over again. That movie was always on Comedy Central. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, I, I think at a certain point where I got to be a certain age, I was kind of like, ooh. Oh, that's not right. <laughs> what are you talking about? That's it's not it's right. Great. No, it's off the time. <laughs> The movie is oh fucking obscene. And James Earl Jones agreed to do that. <sighs> Anything for her paycheck. But anyway, what does this have to do with the Hitcher? <laughs> C. Thomas Howell. Oh, that's, that's the only right, linking right. factor there. What's C. Thomas Howell's first name? Do you think it's Carlo? Carlo Thomas Howell? Uh, I don't think it's Chakramurthy. <laughs> <laughs> Grandmaster Thomas Cran- Howell. Grandmaster. Cranberry Master. Cranberry Master. <laughs> Sorry, the a little loopy. Procrastinator, um, Thomas Hell. What else about the Hitcher? What do you What do you love about that movie? Uh, it's a fucking bleak film. It's like it escalates. Well, I, I, it it does, but like it's the I ultimate. Sp- put you in the middle of that I movie. Keep coming back to Rutger Hauer, and just how fucking chilling he is. I mean, we knew that he was a fantastic actor, and I mean, as American audiences saw in Blade Runner, uh, you know, he is just absolutely captivating when he's on screen. And when he plays a bad guy, especially in The Hitcher, I mean, it's like, holy shit. I mean, just the meanness that that character has. You know, I compare it to uh, Terry O'Quinn in The Stepfather. It's another one of those, like, characters that is just so beguiling I, I i don't know what what the term is like you can't take your well, eyes off them but yeah. they they are just so fucking repugnant and so good at be re- being repugnant but you just you can't stop watching them i mean it's just they're it's a masterful performance does i can't remember but does a uh, d- does rutger hauer have a, a monologue in this in the hitcher 
<laughs> he does, doesn't he? <laughs> he does? Are you remembering? Well, I, I, I think that, you know, he kind of starts talking C. Thomas Howell's ear off okay. in the car when he's sitting in the back seat. So I heard a story, yeah. and I don't remember where this story comes from, so take it how you want. But I heard a story that after Blade Runner, Rutger Howard's thing was he insisted on every movie he, he had to write his own monologue every every movie so he would be and he would do it the day of the set like that they were supposed to film so it would be like a stream of conscious thing like whatever he really fancied himself after blade runner a poet and he would do this and everybody would be like god damn rutger come on we gotta fucking shoot this is no reason for you to be talking about this right now what are you talking and it was always like a variation of tears in the rain yeah like it was always something like blood best. on the hood ornament <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> fingers in the ketchup Always something like that. All right. Well, The Hitcher is on, on both of our lists, so that one gets programmed. And actually, I guess he and Jennifer Jason Lee had been in another film together, Flesh and Blood. Same year? or oh, like That's like 85, maybe. Yeah, I think that might have been the year before. So they, they had a relationship. Like a real, a real well, one? Well, I don't know if they had a relationship relationship, but they had, a, they had a working, at least they, at the very least, they had a working relationship. If I know Rutger, <laughs> and I think I do. <laughs> All right, The Hitcher. Rutger? I hardly knew her. <laughs> All right, Hitcher makes it on our list. Okay. Um, okay. Ta-da! Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with, um, let's see. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, a 1986 special. Now, not a movie. I, okay, here we go. House. Yeah, it actually came right after the Hitcher on my list. Really? Well, well, that's because it's alphabetized. Oh, you do? Okay. Is, is House but on yes, your... House is on my list. Okay, sweet. So we can mark that off. All right. Hey, Brandon. Yes? Ding dong. Who's who's there? <laughs> You're dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> can I tell you a funny story? Sure. So no, was, no, you can't. When I was a kid, I used to, uh, I would go to kinder care. That's where I would get taken for the summer and, you know, dropped off for the day. And that's where I like, first started like directing little plays. And actually, this is kind of fitting. Uh I would. I was obsessed with like the movies I wasn't really allowed to see. So I was obsessed with Phantom of the Opera, mm-hmm. um, the Robert England movie from 1989. Mm-hmm. Not the. I was going to say that was 89. Yeah, <laughs> and so I wanted. I because I would read the back of the VHS mm-hmm. and I would go, oh, oh, okay. Instead of delivering her flowers, he brings dead bodies. So I directed a play at Kinder Care, my version of the Phantom of the Opera. Were there a lot of parent-teacher conferences in your childhood? <laughs> Most likely, but my parents are good. They kept that from me. Yeah. They would be like, no, that's my son's artistic expression. He gets to do what he wants to do. <laughs> but um, one of the ones uh, that I used to want to do, uh, and I tried to get my friends to play along to, was House. And I would say, I know what you're thinking, but it's not Did House. you fire six shots or only five? We're not playing House like... I'm the husband, you're the wife. It's called House Ding Dong, You're Dead. And I remember I had one friend who would go like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play that game. And I would say, why? And he'd go, because I don't like the name of the game. I don't like that it's called House Ding Dong, You're Dead. I don't want to play. And I would say, no, well, that's just the tagline. And he would go, what's a a tagline for a game? What the fuck is this? So you as a six-year-old are saying, yeah, that's just the tagline. Yeah, I was like 10. What the fuck? I was like nine or 10, yeah. yeah. Dropping F-bombs, talking about taglines to movies. I really was. You were a little precocious shit, weren't you? I was very precocious. Yes, I was. That's the very nice word to use, Chris, to describe me as a child. William Catt, Mm -hmm. Richard Mm Mall, George Wendt. 
who was the who was the the ex-wife catch cat no don't remember um directed by steve minor mm-hmm. written by well from a story i guess by fred decker who claims that that is not my movie yeah i wrote a scary movie and they made a, a terrible movie to, to which I can kind of agree. It's one of those movies where they were always like, the, it's a horror comedy. It's a horror comedy. comedy, yeah. The comedy is painfully unfunny to me. And the horror is painfully unscary. But there's something about it. Well, it's got one of the best fucking cover art yeah. things in history of that severed zombie hand, hand ringing a doorbell. doorbell. That's fucking brilliant. Yeah. And the rubber monsters are a lot of fun. You know, like the big blue monster yeah. and the thing that comes out of the there's door. A big, big bin. And Big Ben, who I found out, so Sean Cunningham produced this movie. Yeah. And he was desperate at this point to get a piece of that Friday the 13th uh, franchise money. Um, that he, he felt was, like, was owed to him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, well, yeah. And he was like, well, I, I'm going to make my own franchise character then. Fine. Fuck it. So he made the Richard Mall character was supposed to be like in the sequels ongoing, if you can believe that. And he was always like, for some reason, audiences just didn't like it. They didn't like a, a wisecracking Vietnam vet zombie. zombie. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, well, you can see his mouth inside of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a very good effect, Sean. Come on. What, are you, what about you with House? There's not know, a whole I'm, lot. To- I'm, I'm, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of like the tone of the movie. Yeah. You know, there's just something about it that, you know, the tone is a little skewed and everything. Uh, do I Would I call it a comedy horror film? No, I would say it's a very humorous horror movie. Yeah. And I like humorous horror movies. Absolutely. You know, because you kind of have to have a little bit of sweet with your salty. If you don't have something to laugh at, the You'll audience find will find something, something to yes. laugh at. So you have to, yes. Um, and there's a, several sequels. House to the second story. Which is really, really clever. Yeah. That's a really clever title. Yeah. It's, not it's, a clever movie. Very clever title. And Big Ben's not in that movie. No, he's not. No, no, they, he's won, not. they went a completely different route. Gee, Sean. But the co-star is the same co-star that's in Soul Man, Ari Gross. Oh, my God. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, boy. And okay. then uh, then um, there's, oh, there's House 3, but in America it was released as The Horror Show. Yeah. Um, with Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen, yeah. Um, and Brian James. That's right. That, right? Yeah. The late, great Brian James. It all can go back to Rutger Hauer and Eric Red somehow, yeah. can't it? Wow. And then, uh, and then House 4 is another one that is even less talked about, and that's where Kane Hodder plays a pizza face monster. Have you ever seen House 4? Like Pizza the Hut? Yes, like Pizza the Hut, except in a pizza box. Have you ever seen that movie? No. I remember renting it on video, and it had one of the most disgusting fucking scenes I've ever seen in a movie where some mob guy has this, like, throat pouch that, like, drains milk, like a white milky substance, into this pouch. And to torture a guy, they make him drink it. And I just remember as a kid seeing that and being like, that's too gross for me. (laughs) That's too gross. That was pushing it. Everything else is fine. Is there that a point it. in your life where things went from being kind of gross out to you to kind of like, oh, I know how they did that effect? It depends. How old were you when that kind of transition Well, I happened? knew pretty early on that things were fake. Um, I don't know that, like, it It depends on where I'm at now mood-wise, like, if I can handle it. Like, I can handle when it's something like a... Uh, like Tim and Eric diarrhea pants kind of joke, and it's just like diarrhea filling up these pants, you know, and like that's 
okay because I you know it's not sick fuck. Oh, man. I know it's not real diarrhea, you know. So I'm like, that's just kind of funny, and I'm well, sure it's not real milk jizz throat juice that's coming out of this well, guy's I guess, neck. I guess it's all in the context of how it's being like presented. So if if we know that it's the person that's getting it poured into their mouth is like repulsed by it, mm-hmm. and this then. I can I'm like I'm grossed out by it. But if it's like just purely goofball wacky you know like I can handle it. But real stuff like jackass when they're like shitting in things yeah. and and farting and they're puking for like I don't like that. Yeah. I can't that grosses me out. But that's so, real. Yeah. Did I answer your question? What did you ask me? When did I realize that? When, th- when, when did you kind of transition from being grossed out by things to where you could just look at it as an effect? I'm still yeah, I'm still it's still the same for me. Yeah. It's like it just—it's all kind. There are certain effects that still kind of bother you. And yeah. Everything. If I were to watch House Four right now in that scene, I would be fucking sick to my stomach. Um, blood doesn't really ever bother me. Very rarely. Yeah. Except for I mean, is it like raccoon guts and everything. Raccoon guts don't bother me. Yeah. No. 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 Okay. <laughs> There's another animal. Skunk guts? <laughs> That's it, it. Skunk guts? That's it. Wrong rodent. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. Here I thought I was like being all clever and shit. And, you know, my... You got no reaction from me, just a puzzled freaking, look. Yeah. <laughs> so if we say raccoon guts, nothing. But oh, yeah. Skunk guts. Dwarf. <laughs> all right. House has made it to our program yep. list. All right. Yeah, um, cool. You're up. Uh, let me see. Where do I want to pick from? What do I want to pick from? Mm. I realized, by the way, that you <laughs> wanted to change yours from being alphabetical, and then I just kind of started going alphabetically in yeah, a way. Well, so sorry about that. Fuck you, Brandon. Um, Terror Vision. That is on my list. Yes. yes! <laughs> Terror Vision. <laughs> awesome. That is on my list. Yes. All right. Yeah, so. What do we want to say about television? Fucking, it's wild. Is it David, uh, who, David Duchovny directed it? Yes, David Duchovny directed it. <laughs> Is yeah, it? A lot of people didn't know that. No, that's how we got to start. It was that, and then he moved on to Red Shoe Diaries. Um, no, Zalman King did Red Shoe Diaries. No, but I, I mean, he transitioned from um, actor to, uh, or director to actor. Oh, gotcha. He was one of those very successful um, transplants. Uh, is it David, David Deco too? Is that, or... Is that who directed Terror I Vision? Think so. We did not prepare for this other no. than writing names down, so sorry about that. Or is it Ted Nicolau? Actually, I think it might be Ted Nicolau. Yeah. I think that's well, you know, we have the magic box. That's true. I think let's I think see, it's Ted Nicolau, let's, let's but check while you're doing box. that Terror Vision was a uh, uh, an Empire Pictures production. Charlie Band. Charlie Band pre sold that movie. Uh with just cover art before the movie had even Which been written. Which is still, to this day, some of the best cover box art that I've ever seen. You mean Empire in general, or just that one? Well, I mean, that one, Terror Vision, that's a very evocative cover. Anybody out there that knows the movie, you know that that's the first thing that popped into your head, is like the picture of suburbia with like the satellite dish with the fucking eyeball on it. Yes, yes. And uh, it's basically the plot... Um, let me think of a mainstream movie of like Extro Two. <laughs> it's essentially the same plot as Extro Two. Yep, Ted Nicolau. Okay, and he wrote it too. Okay, uh, Garrett Graham is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, Diane Franklin. Diane Franklin, John Grease. 
Yeah, actually, uh, he is Napoleon Dynamite's M- uncle, Mary Warnoff. Is Mary Warnoff is Garrett Graham's swinging wife. Mm-hmm. They're a couple of swingers. I forget who plays Grandpa. Uh, Burt Remsen. Burt Remsen, and then the kid is uh, the kid that was on. Uh, what was the show that had Wilford Brimley in it? Our house, our house. Is that what it was called? Yeah, the thing. Chad Allen. Oh. Chad no, Allen. Yeah, Chad Allen. Did he go on to do Baywatch? Uh, or is that somebody else? I think he went on to do gay porn, didn't he? Did he really? Well, okay. I mean, at some point he came out. Okay, uh, but but I there's huh. well maybe I'm getting him confused with Jeffrey Stephen <laughs> Jeffries Stephen Jeffries. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're past intermingled at some point God, if they yeah. were in fact in the same um, industry. So, uh, 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 Terrorvision is about um, a satellite dish. From hell! From hell that basically just uh, transports an alien into uh, into a suburban household. Where the sister is a punk rocker, you know, and they're kind of home with their grandfather. Yeah. Their parents are out of town. Well, they're swinging. Out. Yeah. They're too busy swinging yeah. to give a shit. And uh, basically, yeah, it's it's just kind of a portal into the world. And actually, there's creatures that start kind of coming through and there's that oh no there's aliens big giant mouth thing with the googly eyes and everything yeah another Beekler uh monstrosity yeah. that looks exactly like john carl Beekler. <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh yeah th- there's like a great scene in that movie where uh this a- the aliens come to uh stop it they're like we got to stop this evil monster yeah. that got loose but they're afraid of the alien and they like crack it in its space helmet and its head explodes, <laughs> and all the other aliens are like, no, fuck! That yeah. was our only hope to stop this thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like when all of a sudden, like, the super weapon just goes... <laughs> <laughs> it fizzles out. It's like, well, shit. <laughs> uh, actually, that, that's another one. I need to go back and watch that one. It's been Terrorvision. a few years. But yeah, I, I, there's, remember, I, have I remember... A... I mean, this is definitely a horror movie with a lot of humor in it. I mean, the tongue is firmly planted in the cheek on this one. And the tongue, by the way, is able to suck your goo out of your body when it comes out of the monster's mouth. Yes. A lot of of goo sucking. A lot of goo in the movie. Uh, But yeah, Punk Rock Diane Franklin. It's on a uh, Blu-ray double feature that uh, Shout Scream Factory put out. With with the video dead? The video dead. Which is... One of my, which is favorite. another great like cover box art there of oh that TV God. with the fucking if zombie crawling not the, out of it. One of the best, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Two great cover arts yes. in one Blu-ray. Holy shit! Um, all right, so and a great song too. Terror Vision. All right, so that's on our list. Yes, sweet. Okay. All right, terrible. I have a feeling that for the most part, we're gonna have a lot of the same movies. You know, here's here's the thing. You know, I originally, when I was putting my list together, I started off with like 76 movies on my Jesus list. Jesus Christ, that's true. And you... then, then I pared it down to 49. <laughs> and, and then wait, I got but stuck. You, but you texted me. Yeah, I did. I said, and you were like, fuck. Hey, is it cool? Look, I've got 49 <laughs> movies. So, and I was like, no, 20. <laughs> and you went, God damn it. <laughs> and I didn't hear from you for like two days. <laughs> I couldn't help it, man. Yeah. I just. I couldn't. I but then what that did was it sent a whole like domino rally thing in my brain going where I was like, what the fuck? You started second guessing yourself. Yes, where I was like, well, I, I was having a hard time getting 20, 
you know, and I was like, what do I do? And I, yeah, and then everything I knew just completely Well, this, this list kind of became sort of arbitrary in the end because there were so many movies in 86. Like, like we said at the very beginning of the show, you know, this was so much harder than 85 was because there were just so many permutations that I could put together on this. And it's like I cross one out and I'm like, ah, oh, shit, but like, you know. Well, we might do a, a lightning round at yeah, the end of it where we just say all the ones there. that we just crossed off that we were never going to be a part of it. Yeah. Okay. That um, sounds kind of cool. Okay. So uh, is it my turn? Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, I just did Terrorvision. So, yeah. So you're up. I know. I, so I said we probably have a lot of the same ones. So I'm going to uh, uh, prove it by saying um, <laughs> a movie on my list is, uh, oh, Trick or Treat. Yes, it's on my list. Okay, yes, Jesus yes, Christ, for list. a second I was like, wait, it's, what? Yeah, it's on my list, sorry. Well, it was one of those ones that it was on my list, but I'm like, did I? Did it meet the cut for the 20? And it did? yes, it did it meet did? the cut for the 20. Okay. But like that, that what's again, it, it was fucking arbitrary. It's like I had trick or treat and another thing, and I was like, I could do either one of these. Wow, that's crazy. And I think I just picked trick or treat. All right, so see, but maybe. I'm going to be honest with you, dude, it's been a long time since I've seen this one. Uh, the only reason I think I put it on here is like, didn't Charles Martin Smith direct that? Yes, he did, and he's in it as yeah. the principal. So I'm like, you know, I think just for the very fact that I like Charles Martin Smith as, as a character actor and everything, one of my favorite characters like he did in The Untouchables. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, with the most tragic end. Uh, well, yeah, it was fucking pretty sad. No! But, <laughs> and what was God. it? He did the movie Never Cry Wolf. Did he? Yeah, it was the one about the guy that goes out and lives with the wolves on the fucking tundra to study them and everything, and... It's like Dances with Wolves, but instead of Buffalo, they have wolves, like real wolves. <laughs> okay. And no Kevin Costner. Is it Charles Martin Smith as the lead? Yes, actually. Really? The, yeah, oh, my God. The in that movie. <laughs> it's like Dances with Wolves, yeah. but uh, with wolves and Charles Martin Smith yeah. <laughs> instead of Buffalo and Kevin Costner. <laughs> yeah. Sign me up. I, like, And it's probably not fucking three and a half hours long, too. Yeah. Um, so... So, all right, well, Trick or Treat is a, a Halloween uh, perennial for me. Yeah. Uh, and it's weird because I used to not like well, that movie. Yeah, but you also get Gene Simmons in it, You dude. do get Gene Simmons, uh, like peak Gene Simmons. You get a, a an Aussie cameo, um, and you have Skippy from... From uh, Family Ties. Family Ties, giving a really good performance. He's yeah. really good in the movie. And if you don't know what it's about, it's about a kid who his hero Sammy Kerr is a heavy metal lord of metal and he is the only person that this kid can relate to because he's bullied and picked on at, by all these all the cool kids at school and I'm talking cool kids at school by the way and uh, they wear ties they're so cool those flat straight flat ties the ties have like a flat oh the you flat know, like bottom cut yeah. them with the scissors and they're all knit yeah, yeah. Um, and he can only relate to this rock and roll guy and the rock and roll guy dies and he's devastated, but he gets the very last album that Sammy Kerr ever put out given to him by Gene Simmons and he puts it on and plays it backward and it channels the spirit of Sammy Kerr who starts to kind of take this kid over and then start to manifest in different ways and it's got a really cool rock and roll uh, or yeah, and metal this is ending. always like having you know both Ozzy and Gene Simmons in here, and this is at the height of the whole Tipper Gore mm -hmm. and you know backward masking. On yeah, all, they they know. really lean heavy on it in yeah. this, uh, but it's great. It's a great, and it's the the soundtrack is all Fastway, 
and that soundtrack is fucking rad. It's like it's oh my god, I love it. I, I put that one on not only on Halloween but yeah. throughout the year often. Trick or treat is a treat for sure, um, and it has made it to our list. So that'll be fun to watch again. Yeah. Okay. Definitely. Okay, your choice. All right, my choice. Do I really have to pick one, Brandon? Do I have to? Do I have to? Do, do I really have to pick one? Um. Okay. Then uh, we will go to. Let me see here. What do, I, what do I want to do here? There's there's a couple ways we could go in this. You know what? I'm just going to go with Jim Wynorski. Chopping Mall. Hey, that's on my list yeah! too. <laughs> Chopping Mall. Um, we did do an entire episode about Chopping yeah, Mall. which we don't uh, have to talk about a whole lot here. If but you really want to in... know a lot about Chopping Mall, go and listen to our Killbots episode. Um, on season I mean, one. Yeah, but we, yeah. Can, we, can, we can talk a little bit about it. Well... The the first thing to talk about when it comes to Chopping Mall is the most important thing. And Paul Bartell. It, uh, Dick Miller. Paul Bartell and Mary Warrenoff. Dick Miller. Well, what's he playing? Walter Paisley? Yeah. Oh. He gets electrocuted. Well, it's kind of funny because aren't Paul Bartell and Mary Warnov basically playing their characters from Eating Raul? Are they? I think so. That's great. That's, That's the great. two of them together. <laughs> Of course, Chopping Mall is infamous for being a movie called Chopping Mall, where there's no chopping in it whatsoever. Yeah, there's like laser blasts and stuff. The original title for the film was Killbots, and I guarantee that if they had kept that title, the movie would be probably a lot more beloved than it is now, because there's not any online discourse that doesn't start with what I just said. Yeah. And it like I'm always like, fuck you, okay, we can get over the fact that there's nobody chopping people. It's robot, they look like Daleks. Daleks from Doctor Who? Uh, not really. Well, they're you know they're pyramid in shape, that you know triangular kinda. in shape. Well, they, they look. I mean, Daleks look like penises. Oh. <laughs> okay. So do these robots? Don't they? No, not no. Well, they look like like machine penises because it's all like you know weird angular like F seven you know one seventeen well, Chris, stealth fighter. Looking. I don't have a penis and I have a machine penis, so I like to think that my penis looks like the robots in Chopping Mall. Brandon. <laughs> Time to take a leak. So, okay, one second, penis. One second, I'm doing a show. Uh, Chopping Mall is a lot of fun. Uh, Barbara is in it. Uh, Kelly Maroney Mm -hmm. is in it. Some dudes are in it. Garrett Graham. (laughs) Garrett Graham has a great scene. I forgot. That's right. We talked about him a lot in that uh, in that uh, that last episode or that other episode. Mel Wells from Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, he's like the he's the cook of the the restaurant that that that. Kelly Maroney and Barbara Crampton work, work at. at. They're supposed to be 16. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Mm. But it's shot at the Galleria Mall, uh, where, of, where everything... Commando was shot. And I just watched that the other night. Commando? Yeah. What'd like, you think? Um, I'm not, like... It was good. I, re- I really liked it. It, it wasn't a movie that uh, I watched a lot of when I was younger. I watched that movie religiously. I know a lot of people did, and I get it. I, I liked it a lot. It, it had everything that you know you want in an Arnold movie. Um, I think I just saw it late in the game after I'd already seen like Terminator and Terminator Two. Yeah. So I was kind of like, and and Predator even. Yeah. I felt like Predator was like cooler and tougher at that point. Um, but I I do like it. And anyway, yeah, just seeing the Galleria Mall is wild. And when I lived in L.A., we used to go there just so we could look around the Galleria <laughs> Mall, you know, and just go like, oh, that's where fucking Killbots made that girl's head explode. All right, Chopping Mall's on the list. Chopping Mall. 
Except it doesn't have a cool song like Chopping Mall. I, I swear it does. I swear there's like a cool... Oh, well, there's an electronic score. You know? <laughs> That's right, because I have that. I put that on one night. My friend Scott was like, turn it off. <laughs> That's enough. Turn it off. Scott's Sounds like robots fucking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so that was your choice? That was my choice, yeah. Uh, all right, here's my Shopping choice. Mall. I'm going to keep you with our weird theme that I'm just now noticing. Uh, I'm going to go with another C. Oh, okay. And I'm going to go with... Class of Newcomb High! Oh, fuck. Not on your list? Not on my list. This and- was... At, this was like one of the first ones I put on my list, but then I started thinking about like, do I want it on here? But I couldn't not have it on. It's a, it was a staple in my yeah. early days. It was a you know I I've told the story before about how I got caught watching the Toxic Avenger by my mom. <laughs> she barred me from ever watching it, but Newcomb High somehow. Well, if you can't do one trauma film, you'll just do another trauma film. Yeah, I don't know how she let me do that one, but uh, how about Surf Nazis Must Die? Yeah, I always liked that too uh, when I was younger. Um, again, it's incredible the images that I can think of that I remember the most from those movies, yeah. and they typically don't involve the blood. They involve the other thing that starts with a B. Um, balls. Bulging balls. Bulging. <laughs> bulging, veiny, chicken-bagged balls. Okay, so Lloyd Kaufman, or excuse me, Samuel Weil, his, and Richard Haynes, the editor... Is the guy they co-directed that movie yeah. that does not make it to our list? Sorry, class of Newcomb High. Yep, sorry. All right, you're up. All right, well then I'm going to pick one, uh, and I'll stick with the C's anyway. Okay. Sylvester Stallone in Cobra. God damn it, dude! I crossed it off my list. Yeah, I was gonna do it. I, I wanted it in there because I want people to fucking watch this movie again. <sighs> he cuts his pizza with scissors. Yes. <laughs> What kind of car does he drive? He drives a sweet Oh, God, drive. yeah. It's, I mean, a 19... Shit. I, honestly, I don't know. The thing is just big and hulking and round. Yes. And it's painted flat black. Yes. Is it black? It is black. It's not red. Yeah, it's black. It's black. Okay. It's black. He has a, does he have a knife or a gun? He has a gun in that one. He uses he those, a, the, the little, like, Uzis or uh, submachine guns, right? Like, yeah. No, I'm trying to remember what the name of that, that firearm is. I feel like I could sketch it out real quick, no, no, yeah. and you would be like, "That's what I'm talking about." Well, he has what looks like a, a 45, like a. Oh, don't look at my movie list, but like that. Yeah, that looks like an MP5, which you drew, and it's not an MP5. Oh. It's I'm trying to remember. It's a. Uh, oh, I wish you could see start, this drawing. It, starts, I did. it starts with a T. It's a work of art. Crap. That's closer to it. It's a piece of crap. All right. Anyway, so well, actually, Cobra- the, the the firearms themselves were pieces of crap. It's just they look really, really cool, which happens with a lot of cool Hollywood firearms. They're like these weapons that just don't really have a market because they're not practical. Yeah, or right. Have, but, but it looks cool with the bad guy holding does. them. It looks really, yeah. really awesome. And that was kind of the case with, with this movie. But I mean, oh, yeah, we're not talking about it because you didn't. I didn't movie. pick it. And the reason why I didn't pick it, honestly, is because, because I feel like... Because you don't like George P. Cosmatos. That's uh, it's why. Because I feel like the last 20 minutes of the movie, 30 minutes, I feel like it just kind of drops the ball. Like, I feel like it... it I don't know. There's It just kind of falls apart for me a little bit. Um, why, why, why did you say something like that, Brandon? <laughs> why? All right. Well, that one doesn't make a door well, list. Fuck you, Brandon. Um, okay. Here we go with another one. I'm going to go with um, 
All right. Pick it. Pick okay. It. Jason lives. Friday Thirteenth Part Six. Friday Six is on my list. Yep. Okay. And you know that the, there's only one reason why I would pick that movie. Why? Those damn enchiladas. <laughs> He's not in that movie. <laughs> He's in part five. He's in part five. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold on. Tom Matthews is in that movie. He is. That's why you're confusing. And Miguel it. Nunez Jr. is in that movie too. They get stuck inside the funeral home. Yeah. And then Jason tries to get in, and then they call the cops, and Jason kills all the cops. And yes. then he goes out there on fire, and he kills all the firemen too. And <laughs> then, uh, then, and then everybody they, fucks. And then they eat some damn enchiladas. Oh yeah. Um. Jason Lives is the one that is like the fan favorite, I think. Well, yeah, this is him at the bottom of the lake, right? He, no, he's in the he's in the the grave. Yeah, he's in the grave, and then they buried the and, and what's the his name? Um, Spike and yeah, isn't it uh, Horshack? Doesn't Horshack? Oh, yeah, Ron is the one Willow? that yeah Horshack digs him up and then gets his heart ripped out. Uh, and then uh, there's lots of worms in this one. Tom McLaughlin directed this one, yeah. and it's a fan favorite. Like I said, it, isn't his wife in this one too? Yeah, she gets killed with a spear, mm-hmm. and Tony Goldwyn is in it, and it has a lot of that meta humor, including one joke that I absolutely despise. Despise. It really turns me off when I watch the movie, and it's when the guy is like a grave digger, and he's digging this grave. And he turns around and he and he's like, "Why'd they go and dig up goddamn fucking Jason?" And he's like digging, and he looks right into the camera and goes, "Some people got a strange sense of humor, or like a sick sense of humor." It's like he looks at breaks the fourth wall and looks at us and says, "Like, what the fuck are you watching this bullshit for? You pieces of shit! <laughs> fuck you! I I hate that joke. I hate it. It makes me angry." Um, however, Brandon has a lot of unresolved issues. No, I don't. However, if you watch Friday Thirteenth Part Six in black and white, just turn the saturation down on your TV. I was at your house when you did that. <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool, dude. It really he shot it high contrast, yeah. like bright blues for the lightning and moon. Mm-hmm. And so when you turn it into black and white, it looks like an old Frankenstein movie, like an old Universal monster movie. It's very cool. I, that, that's my preferred way well, of watching it. he was kind of getting back to the basics and everything, because everybody was so pissed off with how Friday 5 turned Unfairly, out. Unfairly, but yes. Yeah. They back to This is introduces Zombie Jason. I, I mean, it is a great movie. It's it's really well shot. It's very well directed. I wish Tom McLaughlin made more features. He is a really skilled director. Um, I think most, probably because he can't get financing for but, the movies that he wants to yeah, make. Yeah, right, because yeah, he wants to make good movies. Uh, and then... You know, it's a little precious in its writing. There's a lot of meta jokes, uh, and that's fine because at the time it really hadn't been done. Now you kind of look at it and you're like, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. Mm-hmm. But it's cute. Jason, oh, this has the one that this I always is, call. This is the cutest Friday the 13th <laughs> Well, it is because there's, I always say that, and I might have even said this in another episode somewhere, but there's like a shot of Jason walking through the woods and his fucking pants are super tight. And every time I see it, I'm always like, damn, Jason's got a pretty good looking ass. So it's got cute butt Jason in it. Just so you know, Chris. Cute butt Jason is in Friday the 13th Part 6. Why are you looking at But like whose that? butt was it in this one? Because Kane didn't come on until the next movie. C.J. Graham. Oh, it's C.J. Graham. Who was okay. a bouncer 
Um, and it might not have been his butt in that scene. I think that might have been the first scene they filmed with a different actor. Was it Ted White's ass? Because <laughs> <laughs> that changes everything if you think that you're looking at Ted White's ass. It changes if, everything. If Ted White knew that you were looking at his ass Hey, like what that, the fuck you looking at my ass for? <laughs> Ted White would come in, like, all of a sudden there's a ring at your doorbell. Like, <laughs> it's Ted White there to kick your ass. And Ted White's like 95 years old yeah. today, and he could still kick your ass. He'd kick my ass so hard it would make his flat ass pop out and yeah. look like tight Jason butt. You hear me, Ted White? He would you got kick, a flat butt, He dude. would kick you in the nuts so hard that you'd cough and they'd come out your mouth. <laughs> Is that in a movie? Yeah, I think so. Okay. All right, so Jason Lives makes it to our list. Jason Reeves. Oops. I just erased it from the list. Okay. All right, your choice. Wait, was that? Yeah, your choice. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, so many movies to choose from here. You know, I think we need a little Toby. So I'm going to bring Toby and I'm going to say Invaders from Mars. That's on my list. Yay! 1986's Invaders from Mars. Yeah. Um, Which is a remake of the William Cameron Menzies 1950s classic, Invaders from Mars, which was shot in color. One of the few 1950s sci-fi horror films that was done in color. And yet I feel like people still think of that movie as a black and white film. Yeah, no, it was very Which is colorful. Weird. Super colorful. Beautiful to look at. Yeah. And and Toby actually captures a lot of that in this movie. It, it's very vivid and very colorful and, and very cool to look at. Like, if you actually watch these two movies back to back, you can see that Toby really did kind of hit a lot of the story and style points within Dude, that the film fence? as well. Oh, yeah. That leads in, out of the house down, down into, into the sand, sand pit. Yeah. Looks exactly like the fence from the original yeah. movie. Like, it's identical it's so cool he it's it's weird because i was thinking about that movie today and i'm like god damn you know toby hooper really was like ahead of his time with everything how so well he's his approach to this remake was different than like carpenter's approach you know like carpenter's approach to like the thing which is probably the other really notice notable remake of the 80s i'm sure there's a few others but that's probably the most notable yeah um but this one's very it's got similar thematic things happening. Yeah. Um, but Carpenter's approach was to go completely... Uh, well, he went back to the source material. The source material, but also give it this, like, uh, just in-your-face-ness that the previous movie did not have. It's very grotesque. You know, it's all over the... It's, it's awesome, obviously. But um, it was the least... Uh, if it was a very loving tribute to the original, mm-hmm. but it was a comp- it was also kind of like now step aside, yeah. and let the cool kids play. Whereas this movie is more like Invaders from Mars has this like attitude of um, it, it's it painfully recreates things because you can tell that Toby Hooper just was obsessed loved and loved it, yeah. and he was like, I want to just do this and i just want to recapture this i'm getting to play in this literally a giant sandbox literally canon you know golan and globus are giving me millions of dollars to do cocaine i mean make a movie (laughs) and (laughs) i'm gonna make it the way i want to make it and you know that there's still a sizable portion of that budget it was split three ways blow (laughs) stogies and dr pepper of course of course of course, but uh, it's it's a really great sorry, movie. I, just, I can't bring up Toby Hooper and not talk about Dr. Pepper. 
I can't bring up Toby Hooper and not talk about cocaine. Yeah. So I, I know it. that I have a real Dr. Pepper problem, <laughs> and we all know that you have a real uh, uh, Toby Hooper problem. Toby Hooper problem. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, I just, I love the movie. The only pro- I just recently rewatched this, too, like uh, a couple of, I don't know, maybe a month ago, or yeah. a month and a half ago. And I do, I love it, but I got to tell you, the only, like, the back half of the movie, like maybe the back third once say, they kind of get onto the army base, it gets a little it, weird. It gets yeah. a little weird. But that said, there's still some stuff like I love that they take the story to the army and James Karen as the general immediately goes like, hell, I believe the kid. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, think about it. In the 1950s, that was kind of the attitude. You tell the military, they're like, sure, let's us go kill some aliens. Yes. They do the same thing in Monster Squad. The yeah. little, a little two-year-old writes a letter to the army, dear army we people got, send army help guys, yeah, they're real monsters they show up at the end which like, one of you is eugene <laughs> where's the fucking monsters what what i love it well they were a little late to the party because the monster squad already took care of business we're the monster squad uh we'll save that for another year um okay that'll and- be our entire fred decker episode <laughs> right when fred decker actually comes on the show and talks about you know his greatest hits what else do you have to say about invaders from mars um, Louise Fletcher eating a frog <laughs> scarred me as a fucking kid. It's great. It's a great moment. Scared the shit out of me. Great performance by that kid. Yeah. Uh, Karen Black's actual son. Hunter Carson. Hunter Carson and also the son of L.M. Kit Carson mm-hmm. who co-wrote the film and also helped with Chainsaw Massacre. and Part two. Part two. Uh, very, uh, yeah, uh, literate man. And uh, I I really like that movie a lot. Yeah, me too. Who did the score? Do you know who does the score to that movie off the top of your head? Not off the top of my head, but you want to know something? Yeah. We have the magic box! I'm just trying to remember, like, I know Stan Winston does the effects, and they're yep. wild. Oh, I love the fucking creatures in that. So cool, oh, dude. Yeah. So you, And when you compare it, again, as much as I love the original, when you compare the two, you know, you're yeah. like, it's like two tall dudes who look like, you know, Christopher Lee and the Mummy. Yeah. And then there's like this dumb <laughs> brain creature with tentacles that's supposed Whoa, to be the it epitome. Like Krang, it looks like Krang from it fucking looks Teenage like Mutant dumb Cr- It looks like in- Krang with encephalitis. <laughs> and <laughs> Wait a second. Krang already had encephalitis, didn't he? <laughs> no, he just had a big dick. Oh, is that what you call that? Yeah. Because we used to say, hey, man, you're showing brain. Um, and that was something completely different. All right, so who did the score? David Stores and uh, Christopher Young. Oh, Christopher Young. Who did okay. Hellraiser. All right. All right, Invaders from Mars is on the list. Yay. Yay. Let's see. Keep messing up with my... Damn it. With my list making. God damn it, Brandon. Son of a bitch. Well, why don't you hurry up and pick a fucking movie so okay. we can talk about shit? Um, all right, I'm going to pick a movie on here uh, called... Um. Oh well, here we go. The ultimate moron movie. Maximum Overdrive. It was on my short list, but I decided against it for my uh, my, I get my it. twenty. I get uh, it. It's 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 on there, but I uh, I feel I, like it's I didn't pick it. Almost an ultimate drive-in movie. Yeah. Well, you're right about that. I mean, it is it is a good fit. Maybe I was kind of bad and the criteria that I used to pick these because I said it before I had to arbitrarily start choosing stuff. And that was just one of the ones that I said, I'm going to pick another movie over maximum order. Well, you just made Stephen King cry. 
I don't think so, because I don't think he remembers making this movie at all. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive is wild, uh, but that's another movie that I, it's one of those ones where I'm like, God damn it, I, I wish I could see the unrated version of this movie, because yeah. it was a very gory movie. Well, it's one of my favorite Stephen King stories. I like Trucks. Trucks is a good story, I man. I love Trucks. Yeah. You know, it, I think it was just such a wonderful exercise in imagination, and... You know, I you have the giant fucking green goblin truck in there. In the movie, it's so cool. It's visually, it's cool. You get a ATM that that t- calls Stephen King an asshole. Uh, a Coke machine that murders a, a, baseball, a baseball coach. coach. I yeah. mean, there's also oh, anyway. We're not allowed to talk about nope, it. Nope, not nice. talking. All okay, right. you're you're up. Um, well, just to get it off the list because I know uh, deep down in my heart that you didn't pick this movie. Okay, so I'm just gonna kind of cross it off my list now. No Retreat, No Surrender. I didn't pick it. Yeah. No. What is it? It's a martial arts movie, but it's kind of like a fantasy movie about a kid that gets bullied at school, and then the ghost of Bruce Lee shows up and trains him. So it's almost like uh, the one Godzilla movie. Kind of, sort of, but here's the, here's the even best part, is that the villain that the kid tries to prove himself against in the tournament at the end of the movie is Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, shit. Like okay. in one of his first American film roles. Damn. Pre-Predator. Yes, pre-Predator. Huh. All right. No Retreat, No Surrender. Don't know it. There's a bunch of sequels, too. Actually, one of my martial arts teachers is, was in, I think, No Retreat, No Surrender Part 4. Is Eric Roberts in one of those movies? No, that's Best of the Best. Okay. Who 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 else would be in one of these movies? That is like Mark uh, Dacascos? No, no. It's uh, like not Richard Norton. Maybe it's Richard Norton? Ed Norton. No, not Ed. No, not Ed Norton. Edward Norton. No, not that guy either. I'm trying to think. Um, like, if you are like a fan of of eighties and nineties martial arts I movies and I everything, am. I'm then, not obviously not a huge fan because I don't know yeah. this movie. But I'm trying to remember who's in some of the other ones. All right. Well, David Bradley. Oh shit, is he? I think he's. In I love yeah. David Bradley. I David Bradley is on my like list of. He should be in the Expendables movies. Yeah. I love David Bradley. All right. Um, so no retreat, no surrender. Yes, it, it's no go. No. no. <laughs> All right. Let's get to this one that I think earlier we were kind of talking about this movie in code. And we okay. were debating whether or not. This is it, before we were recording. Yes. Yeah. We were debating whether or not we should. Inc- you said I was having a hard time with the movie because I felt that maybe it was a little too mainstream. And then I said the same thing. I was like, I have a movie that I felt the exact same way about that I feel like most people are going to say, well, this is like the best movie of the year, if not of all time. Why is this not your number one or the movie? And I struggled and I struggled. And then I kind of went, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to put it on. Well, because there's really no point for us to talk about the merits of this movie because everybody talks about the merits of this movie all the time. We love it. It's great. I think we can both admit that this is a fantastic fucking film and that we love it. Are we going to say the title at the same time? Because I still don't know if we got it right if we're on the same same movie. It may be awesome if we do get it right, and it may be awesome if we don't get it right. Okay, either way, you ready? Three, two, one, Aliens. Yes! Yep. (laughs) Okay, great. It's on the list. Yeah, it's Look, how, how can list. it not be? It's going to be, you know, that'll be like part of the midnight stretch. because it's, it's one of the greatest sequels ever made. Yeah, sure. One of the greatest science fiction films ever made. One of the greatest military movies ever made. Yeah, it's a, it's a great movie. Horror, sci-fi, action. It f- checks all the boxes. Uh, an Academy Award-nominated performance from its lead actress and 
all around badass. You know, and what was it? I saw a meme recently where, where people were kind of talking about, oh, everybody's talking about, you know, all these great, you know, female ass kicking characters when we all know that Ellen Ripley is really the fucking queen of them all. And it's like, yeah. Yeah. Ripley, I mean, as as a I don't even want to say prototype, but I mean, she is the premier action heroine. Absolutely. And this is the one where she kicks it into gear. If the first movie she is more reactive, mm-hmm. this movie she's a lot more proactive. She's on she has the a lot fucking more agency. Man. Yeah. On the offensive. Yeah. Burke, just tell me one thing. <clears throat> We're going them there to destroy them. Not to study them, not to bring them back. That is the plan. I have a gripe with aliens, though. And and this is the reason why I had a hard time with it, like, putting it on my list. One, well, I'll just tell you that, like, I don't really feel that this is, like, a the ultimate kind of drive-in movie. It's kind of like a prestige film. I, do you remember way back in our first episode, you picked The Exorcist for mm-hmm. our uh, possession double bill? Yeah. And... I remember for me, my thought was that movie deserves like a different kind of audience view, a, a you know, different like, kind of venue, venue. Too, and I, I feel that way about the first Alien, and I feel that way about Aliens as well, like the second movie, because it's first of all, it's long, yeah, especially the director's cut. I mean, like it's really long, but also it's it's got a lot of stretches of silence, like it's quiet for a lot, just like the first movie is, yeah. um, and it. It takes a little while to build up steam to become like all out action, cool shit. But once it hits, it, like it, it never stops. But it's like you know, it's like forty minutes into the movie before it really starts like getting intense. So that's the the my only gripe with it in that kind of thing, you know, in that venue, I should say. But other than that, I I love the movie. It's it's no Alien for me, but it's a great movie, and I think. As the years have gone on, my love for Alien has gotten greater, and my um, love for Aliens has just weakened a little okay. bit. That's all. Like I will always pick the first one over the second one. Per- yeah. my personal preference. So, well, that, I mean, know. they're two different movies, two very totally. different movies. They're two different. I mean, we could even say two different genres. And it's interesting because I, you know, I just a quick. We'll open this tab real quick. I rewatched all the Rambo movies like this last past week. Nice. Yeah, and you know, it's incredible because th- there's a perfect point of comparison here. First Blood and Rambo First Blood Part 2 couldn't be any different. Couldn't it, be any more different. Any more different. Yeah. Just like Alien and Aliens, coincidentally. Yeah. Two of those movies are written by James Cameron. Yes. And it's interesting that Cameron did that with with First Blood. By going, okay, well, we're not going to make a a suspense thriller. We're going to make a fucking weird, cool action movie. Because it's 1985, guys. Let's go. Let's fucking pick it up. And he does the same thing. And there's much more cocaine in 85 and 86. That's right. Now, you know the pitch about Aliens, the the myth about Cameron's pitch, right? When he went in and wrote the word alien on the board and then put an S on it and and then a dollar sign. And that was his pitch. (laughs) Yeah. Everybody was like, greenlit. <laughs> anyway. All right. Aliens goes on our list. All right. Cool. All right. You're up. Okay. Uh, that's, uh, what was that? I'm sorry. I'm just keeping track here, you know, so we don't get lost like we did the last time. 
All right, so uh, what are we going to do next here? Okay, 1986. Let's kind of mix it up a little bit, get a little more intellectual. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, maybe we won't get a little more intellectual, get a little more visceral. How's that? Oh, I like it, yes. David Cronenberg's The Fly. That's on my list! (coughs) It better be. Uh, This was another one that at first I struggled with because I was like, prestige. You know, immediately, but then I was like, hold up. Dude vomits on another dude's hand, mm-hmm. melts off. Dude rips his, his eyeballs, melt out of his face. He pulls his fingernails off one by one, yeah. squirts pus onto him. He a has mirror. his penis sitting in a jar in the bathroom. <laughs> I'm like, if this isn't a drive-in movie, yeah. I don't know what yeah. is. So it totally fits. There's hookers. There's slime. Over-the-top arm wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> Snapping the bones in an arm. A, a, I mean, I... I don't know if this is... Con- I think this is Cronenberg's masterpiece. I think it's the best movie he's made. Yeah, I, I arguably... Uh, I'll agree with you. I think you. it's yeah. arguable, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I just... I think... And the reason I say that is because, to me, it does everything that a great... Let's just say a horror film should do, in that it it delivers all of the goods mm-hmm. that you want. The special effects are fucking incredible. Beautiful works of art. Chris Wayless. Yep. However, it has real depth tragedy sadness to it that there's pathos yes i mean in the truest most original greekest (laughs) greekiest greasiest uh (laughs) you know sense of the word it has pathos yeah and it's a it's that the only mark i ever have against it is that the end of the movie makes me turn into a baby yeah i'm always i'm always like sad. tears streaming down my face and that like, thing comes out and puts the barrel of the oh double barrel God. shotgun right up to its forehead oh. and then gina davis's that's, performance that's what i'm saying it wouldn't yeah. if it weren't for her you know she'd just be like it would just be some somebody you know blasting a poor mold pole of et yeah. and it's one of jeff goldblum's greatest performances so too. good I mean, so like, good so early on in his yeah. career like as a leading man yeah. And uh, he is so powerful in the movie and funny. He's so funny even when the shit's that's bad. two motherfucking great remakes that he's been in. Yeah. He was in the remake of, of Invasion of the Body Snatchers in 78. Oh, yeah, that's right. Philip Kaufman's. That's right. And then he's in The Fly. And those, uh, seriously, those are, along with probably The Thing, the thing are like the three, most three, important. three greatest remakes. And I, I'm talking about all genres of film there. Yeah, those three movies are the greatest remakes. Oh, we should do an episode of, of best greatest, remakes. Of best remakes. Best re- Mark that down. I'm yeah, putting, I, I'm writing yeah, that down yeah, right now. I like that idea. Uh, best remakes episode because if you, the listening audience, think that uh, we should do a show on the best remakes of all time, don't let us know. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna fucking do it. <laughs> And we should probably, on the other hand, do the worst remakes of all time as well. Because for a drive-in theater, that would probably be our bread and butter. You're right. <laughs> we, could do a, we could do the best and we could do a worst and just go back and forth. So we would start with, oh, we would just start with The Thing. And then we would start, John Carpenter's The Thing. And then we would start with, finish with the, the 2011 The Thing. <laughs> we would lose every car in the drive-in. Yeah. Um, the fly is just a, yeah, it's a, it's yeah. a it's a it's work a practically of art. perfect movie. It is, I agree, man. All right, that's on the list. That's on the list. Awesome, 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 awesome sauce. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say one that I have a couple here that I I wonder if they're gonna make it on your list or not. Okay. Um. Uh. And I'm gonna do a movie called 
Slaughter High. Nope. Damn it. Not on there. Sorry. Uh, it's, I don't know if you've ever seen it or if it's like, it's, uh, it's a it really. It sounds really familiar to me. It's, it's Caroline Monroe and a bunch of yahoos. It doesn't matter. <laughs> There's like nobody else yeah. in the movie except for her. Uh, she's a high school student <laughs> in her 40s. <laughs> of course. It's okay. I, I would have asked her to prom. De- de- um, definitely. And anyway, it's a it's a slasher movie, also known as April Fool's Day. Not the same April Fool's Day. Oh, okay. Because that didn't make the cut on mine. Was that the, is that eighty six April Fool's Day? Yes. Yeah, that's not on mine either. Yeah. Because Slaughter High is the far superior film. Uh, Slaughter High is great, but we can't talk about it. Unfortunately, it's one of those movies where you just go, "What the fuck?" With every increasing mean spirited, nasty, disturbing scene that happens, it's fucking weird. A weird indie movie. And generally, that's the kind of things that turn you off, right? No! What? (laughs) (laughs) You don't like mean-spirited movies. No, not at all. Not at all. This one I I love. Okay. All right, Slaughter High. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Let me do the same sort of thing. Let me kind of reach out and see whether or not you've kind of got this one on your... uh, Because this is a movie that I absolutely love and adore, but I have a feeling it's not going to be on your list. The Wraith. (sighs) It's not on my list. No. Okay. But I fine. now this movie I came way late in my life. Yeah. Uh I did not see this movie. I have it. I own it on VHS. Yeah. I and own it on, on DVD. Do you? Yeah. I did not see this until I think uh my friend Scott and I used to do this video game thing called Turbo Rad Nights. And oh, this movie's definitely turbo. Yeah. And I was like really getting into that kind of like, you know, synthwave aesthetic, and this movie is pretty prime. Like synthwave aesthetic. Well, I mean, and think of the cast. You got Charlie Sheen. You got Nick Cassavetes. Um, Randy Quaid's in there. Who's the girl? Oh, um, from Twin Peaks. Um, oh my gosh, Audrey Horn. Oh my god. Ah, why am I brain Laura farting? Sant- no, not no, Laura- no, no, uh, no, no, no. Sherilyn Fenn. Sherilyn Fenn. Yep. Naked in a hot tub. Or in a hot spring. Uh, kind of, kind sort of. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. This, this movie's, you know, it's kind of PG-13. It's, a, it's an original PG-13 yeah. when they were, like, really pushing it. Yeah. There, there was always, in a PG-13 movie, nudity, the word fuck, and some surprising violence. Red Dawn, hello. Yeah. Um, the Wraith, hello. Okay, <laughs> so The Wraith. Yeah. Okay, okay didn't make it. There, right? Didn't make the list. That's um, fine. I'm going to do another one that probably didn't make the list, too, then. Okay, fine. Uh, there's no way this made the list. And honestly, I would just... I, I wish we had a different format so that we could just do an episode on this movie. Yeah. It's called The Majorettes. No, I don't think I know that one either. It's not on the list. Bill Hinsman. Oh, jeez. Directed it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, John Russo Flesh wrote Flesh Eater. Yeah, from the director of Flesh Eater and uh, uh, the uh, groping... Nubile actresses against their will. <laughs> and uh, John Russo wrote it. Russ Striner is in it. Um, so you got Bill Hinsman, John Russo, and Russ Striner all together. Yes. Some Pennsylvania independent filmmakers. Dude, it is. What, and this is 86? It's 86. It is fucking incredible. It is incredible and wild. and um, Incredible as in, I don't believe this. Yes. Each scene gets increasingly bizarre. It's a slasher film that turns into a whodunit 
like most, I guess most slashers are kind of whodunits. But then the killer is revealed halfway through, and then it turns into like an action revenge thriller, and it uh, it's batshit insane. And everybody listening needs to go watch it right now. And it's streaming on like Tubi, I think you can yeah. watch it there. Anyway, Majorettes, God damn it. Okay. Sorry, sorry, you couldn't be talked about more. That's all right. All right, so that's my turn. Now it's your turn. All right, um, then I'm going to go and jump in with uh, the director and the star of the movie that I picked as my best film for 85. The delectable Barbara Crampton (laughs) being directed by Stuart Gordon in another H.P. Lovecraft adaptation from beyond. That's on my list. All right, that makes it. From Beyond makes it. Yes. What a gross, wet, drippy, slimy, weird fever dream yes. of a movie. Which, you know, I think the first time that I saw this, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be something just like Reanimator was. And in some regards, yes, it is. The storyline is very, very different. You've got uh, Jeffrey Combs playing a very, very sympathetic character i guess the roles are reversed yeah you got the mad scientist is now played by barbara crampton yeah and jeffrey combs is now playing the uh ingenue yeah (laughs) go figure of course you know when once his pineal gland is activated by the uh, the resonator and everything and it grows out on a giant stalk from his forehead and everything and he has this huge desire to suck out people's eyeballs so he can get easier access to their brains yeah, I mean it's 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 a little out there. He you also his... have fucking Ken Foree from Dawn of the Dead in there as well, yeah. who has a horrific fate. But it was definitely <laughs> Yeah, he does. You got some great slimy Mark Showstrom effects. Yeah. Um I uh, mean that fucking Dr. Pretorius is just so sleazy and so fucking disgusting. <laughs> yes. And- it's like greasy and hairy all at the same time. It's just it's <laughs> it's so, so gross. Ugh. Well, because the guy, the actor playing him, yeah. when he takes his shirt off, He's he like, rivals the dude from Ninja Three with his bot <laughs> back hair her suit. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so then you see. <laughs> <Hmm. laughs> that He's in the slime casing like a fucking wet sausage, and you're like, God damn! But it is to, it. It is a different movie. If you go in it thinking that it's going to be like Reanimator, yeah, you're going to be disappointed. But you at the same time. You can tell that it's the same director. You oh, know, yeah. like it, it tackles those themes um, extremely, like extreme themes. You know, he's very I mean, in Stuart your face. Gordon was no, you know, A list director and everything, but the man was a fantastic storyteller. I mean, absolutely. He knew how to tell a story. So, uh, you know, and he only gets more confident. I mean, his budgets get smaller and smaller with every film that he does. Unfortunately. Yeah. But, um, you know, he was a very, very competent, competent storyteller and filmmaker. I love From Beyond. It's a it's a really good kind of like trip movie. It's very vivid and colorful to look at. It's very pretty. Yeah. If you can get your hands on like an HD version of it, that's the way to go because it looks great. For years, that movie. And once again, drastically different than the source material. Yeah. I mean, in fact, you couldn't even... I'm aside from the resonator, like yeah, I, I don't mean, think you know, the there's fact that there's any... parallel dimensions, you know, and and that you know by using this device we can kind of like thin the veil that separates our dimension from other dimensions, and there's creatures that kind of it almost reminds me of a um, oh god 
see, here we go. My my brain is just like <laughs> crapping out on me completely. There's a point that I wanted to make, and now I can't freaking remember what it is. Well, I feel like the first five minutes of the movie are the short story. Yeah, is that right? Is yeah, that, like if I can recall, and I'm not like a Lovecraft. I mean, Crawford Tillinghast, the the Jeffrey Combs character, is directly from the original H.P. Lovecraft story. There's no female psychiatrist it's basically just you know this kind of battle of wills between pretorius who very much like the character in the film you know wants to push it you know push the uh the, the boundaries and the envelope of experience you yeah, know, yeah which is you know, kind of almost makes him like a cenobite you know, in yeah in a way yeah he's a, a proto cenobite yeah um but you know that's kind of where, where things kind of I don't know, breakdown between the source material and then what the film becomes in, in the same way that Stuart Gordon did with, with reanimator. I mean, it's, it, you know, it's another, I don't know. Not, you can't say pastiche, but yeah, I don't know how you would just, dis- I mean, it's a, just a unique film. Yeah. Like there's nothing like it. That's the only way I can really say from beyond is great. It's not, it isn't the reanimator, no, it's but not. it is a great film. Um, I'm glad that that's on our list. That's a movie that I, always like to show people who've never seen it so oh, that's yeah. that's a fun one. Oh, i dig it definitely all right from beyond has made it yay all right here's another one for me okay <clears throat> Ooh, we're getting there we're getting there we're getting there i don't know if the, now this is i really don't know i do not know if this is on your list or not i can't i can't imagine that it is but i hope it is just so we can talk about it for a minute um my uh, another choice for me is Spookies. No, God Spookies damn it. is not there. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, no, it was a shortlister one, but yeah, I I decided against Spookies. I get it. I get it. I don't know why I fucking love Spookies so yeah. much. I think it's because it's all puppet, like all. It's just a nonstop puppet show. Puppet show of Fucked like up puppet show. All sorts of like awesome affects people making like really weird awesome shit and just showcasing it and well then fine let me kind of throw this back in your face okay and i'll go with the exact same idea right here okay troll See? troll didn't make mine See? either trolls on my list but it, it has crazy beakler puppets it, in there that look exactly like beakler yeah, again exactly. <laughs> even the one that turns into sunny bono or but, that sunny bono turns into looks like yeah. a beakler but I mean, think of all the people that are in that fucking movie too. Julia Louis Dreyfus and her husband Brad yep. uh, uh, Brad uh, Brad Hall. Brad Hall uh, are in there. Sonny Bono. Sonny Bono's in there. The um, kid from Neverending Story. Yeah, Noah Hathaway, who was also on Battlestar Galactica. Uh, uh, M- Michael Moriarty. Michael Moriarty plays the dad. Harry Potter Sr., and then Noah Hathaway plays his son, Harry Potter Jr. Right. And this is 1986, mind you. Yeah. 1986. Oh, well. We can't talk about Troll. Yeah, fuck it. All right. But we can do impressions of the Troll, which is this. I'm going to tell you something, though. That movie, or at least just the trailer for that movie in 86, and I'm telling you, 86, scared the shit out of me. When I was a kid, you know what scared me in that movie? What? The song. Oh yeah, the song that's the song because it gets like really intense and weird. Bunch of Beaklers singing yeah. the same nonsense. It's pretty terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty spooky. Okay, so Spookies and Troll did not make it. Did God not make that damn cut. it! Um, all right, we're getting toward the end here for me. 
How many do you have left? Let's see. I've got I have... uh, one, two, three, four, five. Okay. I have... Really? You have five? I have three. Well, some of your choices didn't make it. I have three, including my, my number one. Well, that includes, I think, what might be your number one. Okay. So... Did we just throw some more out here? Let, let me just make sure. Let me just count here and make sure I've... I've so, uh, let's see. One... Two, three, yeah, I've got four left. Okay. I do have a special mention I, I want to talk about for a brief minute. Oh, okay. But, because I have four, you have how many? Five? Well, not including, let's see, my number one, one, two, three, four, five, and then my number one. Okay, so you got to go, you're going to have to go at least twice now. Yeah, I guess so. All right, go ahead, Give me, give me one. Give you one? Yeah. Well, I know this one's going to be on your list. Okay. Critters. It's on my list. Yeah, of course it's on your list. <laughs> because your crits, your crits are yeah. on my list. Because your crits, your, your crits, crits, I can't resist. <laughs> because your crits are on my list. Or is it crites? Whatever because you want it to be. Because your crites are on crites, my list. But crits is more. <laughs> <laughs> your crites are on my list. Critters. Um, well... This is on the heels. I mean, we have a whole episode dedicated to critters, so yeah. um, there's not a whole lot to really cover yeah. here. But uh, it's I, one of my comfort movies, one of my go-to comfort movies. There are times where all I want is to be able to, you know, we live in a, a very populated, densely populated city with a lot of light pollution. Mm-hmm. And there are many times, a lot of noise, there's a lot of time where I just want a big open starry field to yeah. just look up at at night and just at this a farm quiet far away i want billy zane just to show up and pick me up in his like fast car <laughs> take me to the barn um oh billy oh billy where do we go what happened <laughs> why are you looking at me you're you're turning into Billy Zane in front of me. Don't stare at me too long. No, dude, I got too much hair for that. <laughs> I um, you do. You you have a much better head of hair than Billy. Um, I just love that movie, man. Critters. Yeah. What about you? It's a classic. I mean, I remember. I think when it first aired on HBO, and I watched it over and over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Scott Grimes. He's awesome. Yeah. Is he not one of the best? Kid actors of the 80s? Yeah, I think so. And he's still got a career, man. He he's, does. Yeah. He's still working, yeah. doing great work. I, I Have you been watching Marvel? I don't watch it, but I I'm, know I'm, he's on it. He was also in Band of Brothers. Yeah. Um, he was great in that. He, yeah, and he's great in the Critters movies. But that first movie, man, there's nothing Nothing feels like that movie to me. I, I, Like I was saying, I just get this urge. I'm like, I wish there were more movies. That, that Terrence Mann was in? Yes, absolutely. That Terrence Mann were the star. Local boy done good from Largo High School. That's right. Terrence Mann. Power of the night. Yeah. Streets are calling. Fucking love that movie. All right, Critters. Listen to our episode about Critters. <laughs> we want the Crites. You mean the Critters? No, motherfucker. Crites. <laughs> And also the guy that plays Neelix from Star Trek Voyager was in that. Oh, too. he's isn't he the sheriff like that uh come in lover. Yeah, but then of course they the um the bounty hunters, hunters the bounty turn hunters, into him. Yeah, turn into And him. that's an inspired idea. Okay, anyway, god. Yeah, fuck right. it. I love critters, but we've talked Me enough too. about critters. Yep. <laughs> um okay, well that's on my list. So um 
I guess you should give another one. Okay. Do you have one that maybe you think would not be on your list? Not or be on, on your my list? list? Russell McCahey's Highlander. It's not on my list. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I figured that. Was that in your 20? Oh, yeah, that's one of my movies right there. Damn. It's definitely, yeah. One of my I did I just watch the trailer the other day. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love that fucking movie. Do you? I've loved that movie probably since 1986. Yeah. Uh, I remember when that was released on video, which was probably 87. Um, but it's like it had Sean Connery in it. So anything that Sean Connery was in, You're I in. was watching. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, Swordsman? <laughs> yeah. Immortal Swordsman? <laughs> Queen? Queen is in there too. Clancy Brown is in that That's fucking right, movie. That's right, the bad guy. The Kurgan. Yeah, but we can't talk about it. No, so. we can't talk about it. Well, hey, that's a, you know that might come into an episode sometime. I'm sorry. By the way, actually, I was thinking about this the other day. Our our uh, Wizards and Warlocks episode. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised you didn't go with that. With Highlander as your choice. Well, because it's not really about wizards. Warlocks? I guess they're it's not, not really, really. No, they're no. They're. I mean, if you watch more of the Highlander series, like Highlander 2, The Quickening, which I hate that fucking movie. <laughs> you and it, everyone it's else, buddy. It's basically explained that they're not, you know, mythical, m- you know, immortal warriors, but they're actually... Aliens. Aliens, yeah. That's right. And I hated that. Yeah. It, I tried watching that movie. no fucking sense. Yeah, I think I got really stoned and tried watching that movie, and I was like, you know, if I can't get through it like this then there's no way yeah. i can ever get through it so i turned that one off pretty quick yeah but much like the new halloween movies they just pretend you know in the later movies that that one didn't happen is that what they do in part three yeah because and, and the only one i remember is part four with mario van peebles no that was part three is that part that's part three it's, oh so then part four is like the made for tv movie kind of sort of yeah okay what's highlander three called the gathering no, I'm sorry. Uh, through the portal of time. No, that's Beastmaster Two. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Well, that's a swordsman, right? <laughs> Shit. That's funny. Okay, it doesn't matter. It's not on our list. All right. Um, okay. I'm just. I want to throw out just a special mention here. Um, this isn't really a movie, and we we don't we won't talk about it too long. But like, this isn't a movie, but it was very instrumental for me at a very young age. Uh, Is it apple juice, Brandon? <laughs> How much apple juice did you drink in 1986? Did you like Martinelli's? <laughs> Your fucking face. Um, okay, so this movie was Fucker. like... Uh, <laughs> was It was at the video store. It had a very recognizable cover. And it was the first, I think, of its kind. And that would be... Fangoria's Weekend of Horrors. Oh, okay. Do you remember that this VHS? Was yeah. Actually, I just saw something today that they pulled a capture from that video. Dude, I know. I saw it today. A Bleeding Skull or Agfa did it. They, I, I saw it today. It's the two guys that they had the entire table full of the little monsters that were actuated. Yeah, and, and he everything. was like, I'm about to be a professional. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. and they show a close up of his stuff, and you're like, oh, <laughs> you got a couple of years ago, buddy. Um, yeah, that's, I, that's from that. And that was my first glimpse of, you know, fandom. This was at a time where conventions were not the norm other than Star Trek conventions, which were pretty popular at the time. Sci-fi conventions were pretty popular, but nobody had done a horror convention before. And Fangoria is the the first to do it, which is 
fucking crazy to think about. Yeah. And they had so and then and they filmed it and they made a uh, a, a, a VHS about it that included clips from the movies but had interviews with people like Robert England and Wes Craven and Craig Reardon and Elvira and uh, a bunch of weird nerds that, you know, and, and homemade costumes. And it was just a time where, first of all, it's 1986, so everybody's got this cozy, awesome fashion going on that you're just like, damn. And it's at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles, and it's just, it's like... All I want is to have a time machine so I could go back there and do and be a part of that con, yeah. you know, just to walk the halls and see it. And they have these table close-ups of tables filled with Fangorias from that era and all these, like, weird monsters. Tom Savini's there with his, like, Tales from the Dark Side monster showing it off. Costume contest dudes are dressed like Ghostbusters. Yeah. Fucking awesome. Before the internet. Uh, werewolves. There's a woman who's, like, is obsessed with Freddy Krueger. She makes her own mask. And, you know, because anyway, I was able to rent that at a very young age uh, and it was such a. This is what Brandon's mom sounded like at the video store. Now, which of these would you like? Care Bears, Brandon or Fangoria Weekend of Horrors? No, I want Weekend of Horrors. Duh. Get the fucking movie for me, mom. And get the fucking car. Okay, dear. <laughs> Anyway, just wanted to give a shout out to that movie because it's uh, it's just uh, not a movie, but little mini little documentary. Video. Yeah, I, I just love that. Um, so okay, sorry. Um, so you're gonna pick a real fucking movie? I guess I should. I think I only have two movies left. How many do you have? Uh, let me see. No, here. I have I have three. I have th- I actually have three left that I can pick from. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Of course it's on my fucking list. (laughs) Yes. Well, go ahead, Chris. Tell us about Chainsaw 2. The buzz is back. It's got one of the best opening 20 minutes to a movie ever. I love it, you know stretch at the radio station and then all of a sudden what is it it's a Bert the jerk or what what, what is it what's the, the fucking yuppie assholes oh, is, i think it's rick the dick is or rick, rick the, the dick? prick or rick something the prick, i think yeah rick yeah. the prick and his friend and they're driving around in their convertible Two yuppies, fucking... one with those green sunglasses yeah. do you ever have those yeah that have the eyeball my the hologram eyegrams yeah, my friend yeah. had a set of those and these two yuppie college assholes are in their little convertible mercedes benz on their way to the fucking Texas A&M <laughs> University of Texas yeah. football game. Calling in and harassing this like local radio DJ. Yeah. And Leatherface, and they piss off Leatherface, and he shows up and fucking chainsaws their heads off. From the back of a fucking truck. Yeah. And to Oingo Boingo's No One Lives Forever. Yeah. Let's have a party. There's a full moon <laughs> in the sky. It's the hour of the wolf, and I don't want to die. die. Anyway, that movie is fucking wild. That movie is batshit crazy. Well, it has to be, Chris. You you make one of the greatest works of art of all time, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Nobody can touch it, not even Toby. But everybody's like, you've got to do a sequel. You've got to. Otherwise, we're not going to greenlight Invaders from Mars or Life Force. So you've got to do it. We'll give you a bunch of money for it. And he kept saying, no, no, no. Until finally, like Joe Dante with Gremlins 2, he was like, you know what? Fuck it. 
there's no way I'm going to be able to top Chainsaw Massacre. There's no way. So I'm going to just, just do something balls insane. to the wall. And, yeah. of course, they get L.M. Kit Carson to write the screenplay right. for it. And, of course, both of those guys being native Texans, what are we going to do? We're going to poke fun at every fucking eccentricity of Texas that we can think of. Yeah. And it's it's outrageous. It's over the top. It's borderline nonsensical. Uh, and and but it bat shit crazy. <laughs> it's and where the hell does the name Inright come from? I don't know. Do you know? Do you know a story about that? Well, I mean, there's Lefty Enright. Well, there's Lefty Enright, but they, uh, the Hardesty brother and sister, you know, Franklin and Sally, hmm. who are the uh, the the two characters in the first film, the first movie. And he's but now at the at the narration that they have at the very very beginning, it's Hardesty Enright. Are you sure? Really? Positive. 100% huh. positive on that. Because I was going to say, well, if it, if he's the uncle. He's their uncle, well, yeah. But he like, could now, have a now, different last now name. Now they share their name. I mean, it was it was just a weird thing. Cocaine's a crazy drug. It sure is. And th- by the way, that opening crawl is proof of cocaine yeah. because it goes on and on and on forever. And the guy reading it gets more and more like butchered muscle and bone. <laughs> <laughs> it's like fuck? so verbose and out of the you know. And for some reason, at that point, John Larroquette's you know career on fucking Night Court had just skyrocketed. It's not John Larroquette doing that in part two, is it? No, not in part two. They yeah. couldn't get John Larroquette to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but the Netflix one could. Yes, they could. Go figure. Hmm. And they brunch. also got him in the remake, um, the Platinum Dunes remake. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, it makes sense, though. I was, yeah. like, you know, I, I like the remake. Actually. I do too. I do too. Uh, Chainsaw Two Man is fucking insane. I don't know. There's no other word I, I have to I describe it. Love I, it though. I Bill Mosley, you know. and that scene in the the radio station with him with, is with Bill Mosley. With oh. Bill Mosley is incredibly tense. I'm a number one fan. It's a very scary scene. Yeah. It's funny, morbidly funny, but it's intense and also one of. The best jump scares in movie history. Oh, definitely. That, when, when Leatherface comes out of the record vault with so chainsaw good. roaring. Yeah. And there's the front door. <laughs> it ends at the door. Bye. Carolyn, Goodbye. Uh, Caroline Williams does an incredibly great performance. Very committed. Uh, she's really good. She's always, always on in every scene. Um I just love that movie. Yeah, I love that movie too. It looks good. It's it also looks totally different than the first movie. I don't know. I, I and it had a great poster too. Yeah, the parody of the Breakfast Club. <laughs> yeah, it's so fucking weird. And that was when I used to always see that in the video store. Yeah. I was never allowed to rent that one either. But like, I would always go, "This, how could this movie be scary? It looks fucking weird." I never knew it was a Breakfast Club. Yeah, when I was a kid, I just was like, actually, I don't think I did either. Why is there a corpse like laying with its arm? You know, yeah. I was like, who the fuck is that? What is this? Well, that's the hitchhiker from the first movie. Uh, I know that's at the Ed, time that's Ed Neal. Yeah, <laughs> or supposed to be Ed Neal. Yeah, poor Ed Neal was like, hey fellas, what the fuck? God damn it! I'll, I'll play the corpse. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, if you want, I'll play it. No, no. I think Ed Neal said no. Oh, did he yeah, turn it down? Yeah, I think he totally turned it down. He thought it was stupid. He was too busy making that movie Future Kill. He couldn't be bothered. (laughs) Freddy Krueger's dumb younger brother. As a robot. (laughs) Robot dipshit brother. All right. Chainsaw 2 is on our list. Yes. Check it out. Okay. Well, that means I've got 
two left. Um, I've got a couple left, and then I've got. Yeah. You have how many left? Let me see if I can get you know. Let me let me just throw these ones out here and just see what you think. Okay. Because I, I doubt they're on your list and stuff like that. Which board? Not on my list. Not on your list. Nope. Well, fuck you then. Do you want to do real quick like a lightning round of some movies that? Well, or maybe it could be dangerous because we don't know. Okay. Do you have another one? Yeah, I got another one. Okay. Vamp. <sighs> that, I rewatched that the other night. I know. Yeah, you texted me and told, told me you were watching it. Um. That did not make my list. Okay, fine. I like Vamp, though. Yeah, I do like I that like movie. Um, that was another late-in-my-life view. Like, I saw that one not too long after it came out, too. And oh, really? Like, it always stuck with me. Vamp is good. It's um, Well, just super ugly vampires. There's a great scene. I love Grace Jones' like, dance. Her dance routine, it's yeah. It's wild and yeah. weird, and I love the- Covered in all the fucking Keith Haring Keith Haring art. art. Yeah. For real. He yeah. did it. He showed up on set and painted I've her. I've seen like, the pictures of him actually applying the makeup. So cool. Yeah. So cool. Um, all right. Well, we can't talk about that. Okay. Fine. All right. Well, I've, I'm down to, I guess, just my last two. I have two as well. And that's fucking weird. I can't help but think we might have. All right. Well, who goes? Um, I have one and then my number one. You go to Rochambeau to see who goes? Who goes first? Yes. Yeah, so okay. winner of the Rochambeau goes first. Okay, ready? Ready? And one, one two, two, three, shoot. shoot. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, well, technically, I guess you could call that a candle, but... I, uh, the middle rock, finger? Ro- yeah. <laughs> rock, rock beats candle. Okay. So. Just so you know, he gave me a middle finger. <laughs> uh, all right. So that means I go? Yeah, first. you go. All right, well, I'm going to go with my number one. Fine, go with your number one. Okay, my number one. My favorite film of 1986. This was not easy. My favorite film of 1986. Big trouble in little China. We got big fucking trouble in my hyena. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, what do you want? We got to run. Run into the mystic nights. Run until they take us away. Take us away. Take us away. We got big trouble in my vagina. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. You can feel the heat burning, babe. Okay, we won't sing the whole song. I Well, honestly, if you listen to any fucking podcast that we've done where we ever mention Big Trouble in Little China, and I'm sure our audience is fucking sick of it because we just, sing that song yeah, every, time. every goddamn time. Just like skipping 30 I mean, seconds And ahead. some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate uphill. That's very true, Chris. Mm-hmm. You know what they always say. Um... Again, we did an entire episode about Big Trouble in Little China. I don't know that I can... And if I recall correctly, we talked for a long time about that one. Yeah. And I think I go on and on. I feel like I remember watching you guys like falling asleep while I was talking. Yeah, because Brandon likes to spy on you through your webcams. <laughs> Anytime that he gets a little indication that somebody's listened or downloaded our podcast, he goes into your computer... And learns where you live. <laughs> oh, I was talking about kind you. Of I was talking about you. Facial cream that you use. <laughs> no, I meant you and our guest and Dino were falling asleep while I was talking about it. Oh, thanks for just selling me out. Oh, sorry, sorry. 
Just pretend like he didn't say that, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if that little red light comes on, it's probably not Brandon. It's William Hootkins <laughs> from, from Hardware. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I just don't know what else to say about Big Trouble. It's like we've said it. It's fucking great. It's a it's a perfect film for me. I'll watch it anytime it's on. It's a drop everything and watch the movie for me. Uh, probably one of the most quotable films in history. Um, I know I quote the shit out of it. Nonstop from start to finish. It's just a... I have a Pork Chop Express t-shirt. Do you have one? I do. That's cool. I don't have any any Big Trouble merch. Yeah, that's... I mean, I, I, I saw that at a con. I was working at a con in, I think, in Boston. And I saw a Pork Chop Express hmm? t-shirt. And I said, I'm buying that motherfucker. Because I, I think we both have this affinity for like just kind of obscure movie reference T-shirts. Yeah, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna wear a a T-shirt that says you know like some synthesizer name on it over and over. <laughs> moog, 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 moog. You know, the movie Moog. Now is Bob Moog gonna appear? If I do that in a mirror, yeah. If you say it one more time, he shows up in Moog. Oh, hey, it's me, Bob Moe. And I've got a modular synth here I'd like you to try. <laughs> it's me, Bob Moe. Yeah, that's a sine wave, by the way. <laughs> okay, uh, nerd. Anyway, Big Trouble in Little China is my number one film. I left one off, which means I wonder if I know what your number one is. Well, you know, we're kind of simpatico in that regard. Um, so, yeah. Um, so I guess I just say what my number one is. Do it. Do what you say. Mean what you do. One thing leads to another. (laughs) All right. So, um, my number one pick for 1986 is, uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Mr. Fred Decker. Robocop three. No, not Robocop three. Yeah. No, no. Sorry. No Robert John Burke in this one. Okay. No, this is, uh, 1986 is Night of the Creeps. Oh, man, I fucking love this movie. Thrill me. I'm, that's your number one. I thought, I mean, that one was in my top three. I was like debating between that and two others there for. Well, my only reason for, I probably would have picked Big Trouble in Little China, but I just thought it would be an obvious one. It's one that we've yeah. kind of covered in the past. Um, th- this is by no stretch of the imagination means that I don't like the movie because I think everybody knows how much I fucking adore that fucking movie. No, no, no. But just to keep things interesting for us as a podcast and everything, you know, let's start bringing some light to some movies that people may not, you know, know as well as some of these other films. I fucking love Night of the Creeps. That's another year, a perennial favorite for me. Yes. I watch it at least once a year. Um, I love to watch it during Halloween, but yeah. it's got everything you want in a movie. Yeah. Everything. And Tom. And Tom Atkins. Tom Atkins, man. Tommy Atkins. I was just about to say the only thing it's missing is Dick Miller. <laughs> but he's in the fucking movie. Dick Miller's in the movie? Yes, he's the guy that gives him the flamethrower. Oh, shit, yes! <laughs> I was just going to make a random Dick Miller joke, and I'm like, oh, no, wait. Dick Miller is in the movie. Yeah. He's the cop. Dick Miller is in two of our movies on this list. Yeah, well, I mean, Dick Miller's... You know what? For that other idea that we had for ah, shows and yeah. everything. Oh, my God. For yes. a career retrospective. Yes. Dick I'm, Miller goes on that list. I'm man. writing that down yeah, right Dick now. Dick Miller. And I'm just drawing a picture of Hall Dick of Miller. Slime, man. Um, Night of the Creeps is 
Now you said the word pastiche earlier, and I think that but yeah, that no, applies. Night of the Creeps. I mean, it's it's homage to nineteen fifties drive-in movies. Definitely. I mean, that's another reason it why starts off in I black and this. white. Yeah, it does. It starts off in black and white. Um, cops, zombies, science experiments, fucking aliens. Yep. Uh, you know, slugs that go everywhere and crawl into people's bodies and turn them into zombies. Uh, you know, the movie Slither. I mean. James Gunn James claims he Gunn, never saw it. James, well, I don't give a shit. James Gunn owes a huge debt to Fred Decker. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Slither uh, is, I'm not going to say it's a ripoff, because I like Slither. Uh, I do too. But, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that but these it's been done have in common. Yeah. And Fred Decker did it first. Fred Decker's another one of those writer-directors that I just wish had gotten a better shot, because... All everything that he was attached to in some way, shape, or form just sounds like he loved or loves film so much. Well, and you know what a James Bond expert he is. Yeah, too. I, that's, I mean, he, his uh, he he was going to do a Johnny Quest movie. Yeah, or he had written, and I heard uh, that, all I can best do is movies like, never made. Yeah, man, why check the out fuck that does that movie not exist? That's a movie that should exist. Yeah, you know, like God damn it. That would have been incredible. It, it, the same, but that same kind of like love and attention is brought to Night of the Creeps, and it's a small budget movie. Yeah, uh, and you can tell, but it looks great. It's, and Blake Lively's brother. So for those younger are audience you members serious? out here, Blake Lively's older brother, Jason, is Jason Lively. Liverlips Lively. Yes, from European, European Vacation. Vacation. Yeah, and this. Yeah, and what else? Uh, there were a couple other things that he was These in. These two. Yeah. The, the and of course, Robin Lively's their sister as well. Damn, dude, you just blew. I did not know that. Yeah, so Jason Lively, Robin Lively, and Blake Lively wow. are all siblings. Wow. And, uh, yeah. I um, I mean, the big st- thing for me, I, I have the biggest crush on Jill Whitlow. Uh, she is pretty hot. Oh, my God. And I, I met her at a convention. And you said I loved you in Weird Science? And I... Just said, I love you. And she said, excuse me? I said, I, I, I'm sorry. I meant I love you. No, I'm sorry. I, I love you. <laughs> anyway, she Security. has a restraining order against yeah. me. Uh, no, that's not true. I But when I did meet her, I don't get I don't get starstruck. I'm not nervous around actors or, you know, whatever. But I didn't sure know. Sure you don't, star fucker. I don't know. I did not know what to say to her. I was like, uh, uh. Uh, I was so nervous to My talk to her. My pants are very tight right now. <laughs> I was so nervous. Oh, and she was she looked great. She's beautiful and she was so nice. Um but she's she's a awesome um leading woman in that movie. She's great. Yeah. She picks up a uh is she a flamethrower and start yeah. in her prom dress or college prom dress or yeah. whatever it is and um starts torching things. Dude, I th- it's awesome. Great grisly effects. Uh, hey, good news. Your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. <laughs> Tom Atkins is so good. Every time he answers the phone, he says, Thrill me. That's My dad says that every time he answers the yeah, phone. Thrill me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my dad's Tom Atkins. Um, that explains a lot. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. That's where I get the name from. Uh, Tom Atkins, of course, is most known for the Atkins diet. Yes, definitely. And uh, being Christopher Atkins' uh, son. 
Yes, yes, Christopher Adkins. Wait a second. I thought Tom Adkins was older than Christopher Adkins. The world's imploding. I'm so confused now. Um, what what else do you want to say about Night of the Creeps, man? I mean, it's just such a fun, wild trip. And it's, by the way, 85 minutes in and out, you're done. Yeah. Like it, I mean, it for those of you that don't know, don't know the movie, you know, a alien spacecraft is traveling through the galaxy, and much in the same vein as like some of the, uh, what was it? You were actually kind of talking about that theory uh, about the thing that it was actually two alien races that were kind of battling one another. Yeah, yeah. And I actually was kind of familiar with that theory. I had heard that before, and this kind of takes that idea that uh, you know a contaminated alien is trying to escape from these other aliens and then winds up on planet earth where it deposits these slug-like creatures right. that wind up getting into this one guy's body and those aliens by the way are adorable yeah yeah they look like little <laughs> slugs uh, no 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 the oh, aliens oh, the on little, the, ship. The, the big eye the big headed yeah aliens <laughs> yes yeah well actually kind of look, they have the heads of stan winston's creatures from invaders from mars Really? Like the brain creature? Oh, oh I guess so. Yeah, they kind of look alike. <laughs> but they, they had like little people playing those characters, so they're kind of running around and everything. Yeah, it's great. And um, they eject these this can- canister full of these little slug creatures that wind up getting into this escaped mental patient who hacks people to death on Lover's Lane <laughs> in the 1950s and everything. And then fast forward to the 1980s, and then you see that, They've got the insane asylum patient with the slug things in suspended animation in this cryogenic container. Right. And as part of a hazing ritual, two (laughs) college students mistakenly let this thing out and the slug things get out and basically take over this college campus. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's great. It's a lot of fun. I love it. Oh, Night of the and if you also look very, very closely, scratched when the uh, one of the two characters has polio or whatever, he's you know can't really use his legs too well, so he uses crutches to get around, and he's hiding out in a bathroom. And if you look on the inside of the bathroom, scrawled on the bathroom door, uh, it says "Monster Squad rules." It says "Go Monster Squad." It says "Go Monster Go Squad." Monster squad. Okay, yeah. yeah, and of course. This was a year, two years before Fred Decker actually made the Monster Squad. A year. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, uh, Monster Squad got greenlit during post-production of of. But it wasn't Night released until 88. 87. 87? Mm-hmm. You sure about that? Yep. Okay. Yep. Not going to argue. Um, love that movie. Yeah. Night of the Creeps. All right, man. Those are two great choices for our, our top picks. Yeah, what a year. Definitely. What a year. Hey, do um, you want to go over some of, like, really, really quickly? Do a quick lightning round. Of, like, um, you know, you say when I say one. Yeah. And we'll kind of just start throw those out there. Yeah. All right, so go ahead, man. Um, Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, I had that, actually, on my, my longer list. Yeah. Blue Velvet. Okay. Yep. Uh, Dead Time Stories. Oh, Deadly Friend. Oh, that was 86? That was 86. Damn. Yep. All right. Um, FX. I've got that one down here, too. Delta Force. <laughs> Not on my list. Hey, but it's a canon <laughs> films, man. Yeah, I know. All right. Um, Poltergeist 2. I've got that one on my list, too. Firewalker. Oh, shit. Yeah. That's another Chuck. Louis Gossett or, Jr. and Chuck? Chuck Norris. Yeah. And Sonny, uh, Sonny Landham is in that, too. No shit. Yep. All right. Um, 
King Kong Lives. I've got it on my list. Yeah, my longer list. Okay, my, yeah, my these 40, are yeah. my forty nine list that I pared down to twenty. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. It, See, was, re- it that... was released in, in 89, 80... yes, I thought. but it was made in 86. Yeah, I guess I was going off that yeah, release well... date. But um, here's one we didn't do. Neither of us picked. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of ironic because it's kind of our namesake. Dead End Driving. Dead End Driving. That's Australian. I know. Like Crash Bandicoot. Um, yeah. All right. What else? Okay. The Golden Child. Oh, sh- Eddie Murphy. That's 86. That's 86. Damn. All right. Yeah. Um, and that's a great genre film. Rad. Uh, I did have it. Yep. It was, it was one of my first ones that I got rid of was Rad. Okay. All yes, right. But that was one of Hal Needham's final films. I yeah, I know. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> Iron Eagle. No shit. Okay. Nine, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Meatballs 3. Uh, I did not put that one down. Yeah, I, I wrote it on my list. Just yeah, I was like, yeah. the only way I would do this is if I could find it. You can't find that yeah. movie. That's the one with the alien in it, right? No, that's Meatballs 2. Oh, Meatballs okay. 3 is the one with uh, Patrick Dempsey. Oh, okay. Then I haven't seen it. Uh, Labyrinth. Okay. Yeah. Um, now I got, I'm getting into kind of the obscure ones here. Uh, Raiders of the Living Dead. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The Manhattan Project. Shit. Uh, Combat Shock. Oh, yeah. Uh, here's one that I wish I could have put on the list and everything I didn't. Michael Mann's Manhunter. The first Hannibal Lecter movie. You didn't put that on, huh? I mean, like, you, you, what made you scratch that one off? Uh, I started to kind of think, you know, as a drive-in, you know, yeah. it, it's kind of another one of those exorcists. It's like a mainstream kind of, I mean, it's all, it's, it's a fucking serial killer movie. Yeah, it's right. Like, but, uh, yeah, I just, I, and I love that movie so much. What about a Dream Maniac? Nope. Okay. One Crazy Summer. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Vicious Lips. Nope. Police Academy 3. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> why did I fuck that? Back in training. Why did I scratch that off? Yeah, I know. I can't believe I did that. Um, well, hey, Chris, you know what they say. It's dirty work. It's dirty work, but somebody's got to do it. Uh, uh, Killer Party, mm. Poltergeist Two. We said that. I Did said we that. say that already? I okay, said that, yeah. sorry then. Uh, sorry. Alien Predators, Psycho Three. Holy shit, that was eighty six. That was eighty six. And uh, my last one on here, uh, Body Count. Ah, Italian Raw Deal. Ooh, what else did you have? Short Circuit. Okay. <laughs> no disassemble. Solar Babies. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that did not make my list space camp <laughs> space camp um i programmed for the tampa theater yeah mm-hmm. All right, max and get- spiles <laughs> <laughs> now that's from space camp i know all max right <laughs> all right give do two more uh stand by me okay and while we did not, I mean, we talked about it in like the top grossing films of 1986, Star Trek for The Voyage Home. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So real quick, let's recap. Do you have, did you mark all the ones? That uh, were... I did mark all the ones. All right. Let's, let's recap um, and we'll save our last. For Would you last. like me to read them off? For well, you? I'll, we'll each go. Okay. All right. So on our, our programmed list, uh, best of 1986 our marathon of drive-in depravity. Well, I'll tell you what. Let me read off that list, and then why don't you read the two top picks again at the very, very end? How's that sound? Sure. Because I've got them notated here, so we don't have to kind of go crazy on All it. right. Sorry. So, number one, The Hitcher. 
Yep. Number two, House. Number three, Terror Vision. Number four, Trick or Treat. Number five, Chopping Mall. Number six, Friday the 13th, Part 6. Jason Lives. (laughs) Number seven, Aliens. Number eight, The Fly. Number nine, From Beyond. Number ten, Critters. Number eleven, Big Trouble. No, that's not it. What the fuck is that? Texas. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Texas Chainsaw Mask. I wrote down 11 twice. Uh, let's see. Oh, you didn't say, did you say Trick or Treat? I did say Trick or Treat. Oh. Critters, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, part two. From Beyond? Yeah, already said From Beyond. Invaders from Mars? Yeah, already said. Was that number seven? Yeah. Okay, maybe they were... Okay. <laughs> and then that leaves just the last two. Yep. Well, that would be Big Trouble in Little China. And Night of the Creeps. So how many movies is that? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Fourteen. Fourteen movies out of twenty. Yeah. Each out of forty. Yeah. All right. That's pretty good. That's not bad. Now at all. obviously you just heard there were a ton of movies that we left off the list. There is no way, shape, or form that this could be considered definitive. And I even had a bigger list than this. I had a sure? list of 76 <laughs> fucking movies that I pared down to 49, and that's what I pulled from to read all these movies here. All so. that down to 14. Yeah. A solid 14. I wonder how many we had in our 1985 episode. I can't. Um, actually, hold on a second. Because <laughs> on the page right before that... I had started off at 15. We had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Damn, okay. So we were a little more in sync on this one. Yeah. All right. Not bad. So here's the deal. We probably left a few movies off the list that uh, you think should have been a part of this, and that's cool. Yeah. So so share those ideas with us on social media. Come right. on, Let fuckers. No. Where are you? Rattle those cages. We want to hear from the mutants and mad people that exist out there watching on our slime-spattered drive-in screen. And, of course, it always helps if you rate, review, subscribe to the show. And we always love getting little emails from you guys just to let us know what we're doing wrong and how we could do it better. So please, have some words with the management. We're available at all hours of the day. Holy shit. What a season. Yes. What a season. <laughs> it's almost as if we didn't record anything. It oh went by gosh. so fast. Yes. <laughs> that has something to do with the space-time continuum. Holy shit. Um, as we approach the sun and hit warp factor nine, it slingshots us back into the past. That makes sense. Yes. yes. That's a solid theory. Yes, <laughs> And I exactly. agree with it wholeheartedly. Um, so that's it for us, Chris. I think we're going to close the doors. For this season. We got to weatherproof everything. (laughs) We got to go jumpstart some cars. Yep. And humpstart some lives. There you go. Well, thank you so much uh, for listening. Once again, I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb. And remember, at this drive-in, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't necessarily mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. See you soon. Want to have words with the management? 
Email us at deadcitydrivein at gmail.com and your questions might be featured on a future episode. And hey, why not rate and review Dead City Drive-In on Apple Podcasts? It'll help us grow the show, keep the admission free, and splatter just the right amount of slime and sleaze onto our mutant-friendly drive-in screen. Under 17, not admitted without parent.